Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. The year is 2552. Humanity is at war with the alien alliance known as the Covenant. We are losing. The Covenant have burned our worlds, killing billions in their genocidal campaign. Earth is our last bastion, a carefully guarded secret. But not anymore. A Covenant carrier has breached Earth's defenses and attacked the African megacity, New Mombasa. Initial reports confirm major damage and heavy civilian casualties. Now, military leaders of the United Nations Space Command have prepared the response. Teams of highly trained orbital drop shock troopers such as Mikey Cosplay and fucking Ouija are ready to assault the carrier from Navy ships in low orbit. This is a near suicidal mission. But these troopers are the best of the best, 
and saving New Mombasa could be the most important mission of the war. So check your mouths, find your chairs, and get set for a combat drop. Halo, halo there, fellow hell jumpers, and welcome to Sacred Saturday. Is that even a thing? No, it's not. But I'm chip dubbing it, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Sacred Icon Podcast live on the streets of New Mombasa. Covenant surround us, but armed with mics. We're back here with episode 83. I'm Joshua Hargis, and joined with me, as always, is none other than the one and only, my buddy, my pal, my friend, Brian Arvett. For such a special game, such a special intro is, is needed, and Josh, you have covered that beautifully. Everyone right now, I think, is just in shock. The mood has been set, and we are ready to get into some ODST discussion. Josh, oh, yeah. I want to I want to first ask you, where were you at when ODST was announced slash coming out? What was your thoughts on it? What were you did you get it right when it came out? Did you care about it? What was your life like at that time? Okay, so when it was announced as Recon, I remember watching that E3 and I was incredibly excited for that. I was really psyched cuz I didn't quite understand in the moment what we were getting. I just could tell it was some kind of new story, but the fact that it had, like, the recon name, I was like, holy shit, like, a new game, a new Halo game without Master Chief. You know, it was just insane, and that cinematic was just so damn cool. Um, I was really excited for it, but in between that, I wanted, that was that 2008 it was shown, I think? Uh, I think it was shown, yeah, because it came out in 2009. Okay, yeah, so in between that and 2009, I got into other stuff i wasn't playing games as hard so i kind of checked out of games for a little bit i mean i still dipped my my feet in it but halo i kind of i was kind of like okay i'm i've mentally kind of checked out for at least the time being and and stuff so i actually feel like it was shown off in 2009 josh actually i think it was shown off and came with there yeah because because i was thinking about my story my story which i'm going to tell when you're done i think because of my story that pretty much confirms it was 2009 it was shown off Okay, well, anyway, to make a long story short, I guess within the time it was shown, first revealed, and then came out, uh, (laughs) I got into other stuff. But uh, I wasn't there when it launched, but I did eventually get it. I remember getting it. I have this random memory. It's funny. I can't remember getting every game, but I remember getting it for $40 one weekend at Kmart because Kmart had it on sale. And I specifically Mm -hmm. went there because Eric and I were going to play Firefight. We were going to go through the campaign and everything, and I was like, I haven't... I haven't really gotten to play it and all this stuff and whatnot. So that's how I got to it. But I didn't actually beat it. And I'm going to tell the story later in the show. Don't let me forget. Um, I didn't actually beat it, guys, until I, I want to say 2014 before Master Chief Collection comes out with Brian in the legendary basement. So mm-hmm. what about the you? Basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, so I, I've mentioned on podcasts prior, if you guys have you know listened to a lot of, of our content, that when Halo 3 came out, I was disappointed with Halo 3, but it wasn't because Halo 3 didn't deliver. It wasn't because there was something wrong with Halo 3. I just had ridiculously high kid-like expectations for the game that could never match. So, you know, in the couple in the couple years past Halo 3, as Halo 3, you know, it, it concluded the trilogy, and you know, I was getting older. I was in high school. Um, I started to think less about Halo. I think all of us can think of moments, like all of us huge Halo fans, we can think of times in our life where Halo kind of like drifted out for a bit and we didn't really think about it as much. Like as much as none of us want to admit that sometimes because we love Halo, it's like, nah, I wasn't really thinking about Halo. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so come 2000, 2009, this is why I think it was 2009 it was shown off, Josh. Come 2009, 
Um, I had I got my my very first girlfriend ever was in 2009, and I remember the story. Continue. Um, you know, you know, in the in the years past Halo Three, you know, as a teenager, I was thinking about girls, you know, more than games, and this was my first girlfriend, and I was kind of disillusioned with games at the moment, and and I also hadn't really, you know, you know, hadn't played Halo in a little bit, so I was like, I was dating this girl, and she really wanted this purse. That was a hundred dollars, uh, and I, for me at the time, I think I made like three fifty, four hundred dollars a month. So, and I had bills to pay, you know, with that. So it was like hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. I remember it being the ugliest purse I've ever seen in my life. It was the purse was aluminum colored, and then the straps were pink and yellow. So I thought, it was, yikes! I thought it was really hideous. But wow, she should be arrested for that choice. <laughs> and uh, so, since I wasn't playing games much, and I was really into my new girlfriend, uh, and she wanted this purse, I thought it would be super special. If I sold my Xbox 360 to our friend Justin, who we've mentioned many times in the podcast, if I sold him my 360, because he didn't have one at the time, um, and then used that money to buy uh, to buy my girlfriend this, this purse. And Justin didn't have one because I think he sold his Xbox because he was disillusioned with gaming for a bit. But he wanted to... So I, I sold him my Xbox. Well, yeah. so I sold him my Xbox. I feel good about it. I get the money. I go buy the purse. I wait outside my girlfriend's job until she gets off work. She worked at a, at the grocery store High V uh, that oh, nice. Josh, me and Josh oh, ended up meeting part. at years that. later. Um, and it was like ten o'clock at night. She came out to her car, and I'm there by her car with the purse, and I give it to her. And she's so excited, she's so happy. It goes over great. I feel really cool about it. Everything like that. Not even a week. Not even a week later, because you got to think. So this was this was 2009. I was less involved in like gaming industry news and being aware of that stuff. I didn't realize less than a week after I gave her the purse was E3. <laughs> oh, wow. And at E3, they show off Halo ODST, and I am like, I, I watch it, and I'm like, oh, my. And also, I think that was the same year they showed off Project Natal, which was the Kinect, <laughs> which I wasn't necessarily excited for yeah. the Kinect, but I thought it was <laughs> kind of... I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, it uh, was cool. So, it was, a so cool it was a really good E3, and there was a new Halo game, and I was like... Oh my gosh! I sold my Xbox. What have I? It was like what like an Anna, it was like an Anakin moment. <laughs> yeah. What have I done? Um, so of course, suddenly I messaged Justin and I'm like, you know, because Justin told me he's like, I'm not even going to use this thing. I'm just buying it off you to give you money, you know, help you out with your purse <laughs> thing, whatever. So I messaged Justin. I'm like, hey man. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I messaged Justin. I'm like, hey man, are you gonna are you gonna use that Xbox much? And, I, and Justin just replies with, you can tell he's conniving. He's just like. You saw the E3, didn't you? Was oh, like, he said that? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Justin was like, self-aware. As yeah, and I'm nice. like, man, yeah, I did, dude. ODST looks awesome, whatever. And Justin's like, yeah, I think I'll sell your Xbox back to you for 150 <laughs> And I had just sold it to him like seven days or less ago. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, dude, you can't just sell it back to me for what I got it for? He's like... No man, you shouldn't have sold it to me. You made a mistake. 150 bucks, and I'm like, dude, come on, seriously? He's like, all right, I'll make you a special deal. 135. <laughs> I'm pissed at him. I'm like, dude. I feel like if Justin was hearing this, he'd be like, no, I did not say that. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know. This is definitely how it went. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, dude, come on. Are you serious? Because like, and you guys thinking right now, you might be like, well, you know, 35 bucks. Yeah, you know, to get your Xbox back, whatever. But like I said back then, I made like, like 35 bucks was like. Ten percent of the money I made in a month, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he was, you know, he he just wouldn't sell it back to me for um, this the same price. I, I'm pretty sure I ended up, I did end up buying it back from him 
at a little bit more money. Okay. Uh, then it might have been like twenty bucks or something. There you go. But still, you know, of course, Justin wasn't going to just you know make it easy for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, at least you guys were able to make it happen. That's good. yeah. So, anyways, I got my Xbox. I ended up getting my Xbox back. I don't know how soon it was, a couple weeks or whatever. And as the summer went on, I'm still more preoccupied with my girlfriend than I am gaming. ODST has doesn't come out till September, you know. So I'm still not thinking about gaming really. Right. And then makes sense. Once September comes around and ODST is coming out. I, even though I was super hyped at E3, I was just kind of like, I'm once again, I'm still just kind of focused on my girlfriend. I don't really care about video games. So I let the release date pass me by. I, I don't get it the day of release. Um, and I hear good things about it. And I'm, you know, I'm Is like, this you know, the only Halo release since being a Halo fan that, I that you missed out on? I think it is the only one. Yeah. Okay. The only wow. one. Because um, I was there for even the Halo Wars ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then, you know, the months pass by, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna play that whenever. But you know, you know, when you're just when you're not into video games, you, it doesn't matter how great the video game is, you just don't care. Um, so then it gets to Christmas time, and my brother has asked for it for Christmas, and I didn't ask for it. I don't know what I asked for for Christmas that year, but it wasn't ODST. My brother gets ODST, and I'm like, oh, this will be cool. You know, I can I can check it out. Mm-hmm. And Creighton starts playing ODST, and I, I'm watching the opening cutscene with. You know, and the thing that really blew me away right off the bat is, and we've talked about this briefly in the past, I don't know what they call them, but like the, the in-gameplay cutscene moments where it puts you in gameplay, but like, like, like for instance, when Dutch like hits you at the beginning of ODST, like wake up Buttercup and yep. your character moves in first person. It was this yeah. new like kind of animation thing they had going on for Halo that wasn't in the first Halo game, three Halo games. And just the presentation was off the charts, you know, where you boot up the game and it's I love the stuff. intro. I think the intro. Yeah, the intro and the setting and everything. And I was watching my brother play, and I'm like, I'm getting hyped. I'm getting like Halo hyped, and I'm just, this is so cool. Oh yeah. And then it, and then it gets into you know the drop pods are coming down, and you're seeing it from the first person perspective, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And as he keeps playing, and there's the night vision and all that stuff, and I'm just like, I gotta get this game. So like the day after <laughs> Christmas. Day after Christmas, I go out, plop down a full sixty dollars. I buy it. I'm like, I'm getting my own copy. I start playing it. Mm-hmm. Completely brings me back into Halo. Like, and not that I was out out of Halo, but like, just completely brings me back to like that Halo Three hype level. I'm like, oh my gosh! And for a while, I actually, and I, I kind of go back and forth even now. But for a while, I, I liked ODST more than Halo Three. I liked it more. I was just like, this game is amazing. Well, there's a reason most people. There's many reasons why most people consider that to be even their favorite Halo yeah. or the best Halo. Yeah, and one of the things, and we'll get into this, but like you know, one of the things Josh doesn't like about it is how it kind of ends right as it's like picking up and it's kind of shorter, and that is definitely true. But there was just something about ODST felt more in, inventive in a way than Halo Three. Like Halo Three, pretty much did er, Halo Three was amazing and it did everything it needed to do to close out that trilogy. But ODST was like, let's try something new, and then also you had Joe Staten back in like the the, the writing shoes oh, yes. front and center. Oh, yeah. And it was like, okay, I just I love this. I love the characters, everything about it. Um, so that that was how I got ODST. Was like I saw my brother get it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. Well, I think it was it. great how it how it. I love that story, by the way. Uh, I think it was great though how it literally went to different perspectives. You know, you start out as the rookie. Yeah. When I first played the game, I thought I'm playing the whole game as this guy. Cool. And I was in, you know, I was mentally involved in it. I was just, like checked into it. I was ready. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, it, you know, you quickly go into playing as the other ones, and I was like, "What is happening?" And then I quickly realized, like, "Oh, we're sort of retracing the steps and getting to see how this guy, you know, how we got to this point and all that stuff." And like, 
I love that, and I think that's a big reason why people love it is because it it circles back around to doing something brand new and fresh within a familiar franchise. You know, it, I mean, it's yeah. something completely new, and it still has a decent length. I mean, it is on the shorter side, but it is still pretty pretty lengthy. Depending on, I'm sorry, depending on how much time you even spend in the streets of New Mombasa, because yeah, that was around or- that's another thing that was huge. You know, what was it like for you, Brian? Dropping in, and there's you're not really essentially dropped into a level. You're dropped into this hub world. Yeah, it was. It was once again. It was just another way the game was different. But there was just something so unique about like wandering around these abandoned, dark city streets with that jazz music playing, and then oh, the soundtrack. Just, oh, it's peak. And then you just see like you just see off in the distance. You're like, I think that's oh yeah, that's that's a brute and a couple grunts. And then you like start fighting them, and you're like, whoa, my health's going down quicker than I than I than I'm used to. You know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and it just just the atmosphere and everything about it. I mean, it was cool how like the hub world was a new thing for ODST, but it also f- didn't feel too out there. You know what I mean? Right. Like when I'm on the streets of New Mombasa, it does feel like a Halo mission. You just know that it's not a structured mission. It's more of a find the clue type thing. Um, right. But and then you have a map and, and all that stuff. And uh, I it, thought that it was, was just, awesome because it was like, I, you know, I felt like for me as someone who. Uh, kind of wanted to live in the world but then also not like necessarily get the the narrative like it was nice to just actually roam around if i wanted to roam around and just shoot things with no narrative structure i could do that and actually live in the world and just look up and around me look down and take in all the flashing lights on the cars or you know going on the different platforms or trying to get all the you know phone calls and um just man i i i the more i play that game the higher up it climbs on the list yeah even when i think about it, it like that Specifically, ODST really retains that bungee. Like, okay, it retains that bungee charm. But if I can be more specific about what I mean, think about the another day at the beach cutscene, yeah, and just how it felt with ODSTs there, and it had that yeah. Halo charm. I don't know. It's like I when I watch that cutscene every time, it's like I get this hint that there's a bigger world that exists beyond Master Chief. As much as I love him, always want to play as him. It just made the world building seem fun without really yeah. getting to see the world being built, so to speak. But when I play ODST, it's the same thing. It's like these little moments of um, just amazing, like scenery, cinematography, music, like everything is just. It's like less is more with yeah. this game to me. Yeah. Well, two two things I'll say, like that you made me think of is one. You know, there's there's behind the scenes. I think it might be the um, Oh Brave New World documentary from Bungie. I think that, that, that this That's is so in. Good. But there's a couple developers at Bungie that are just like, and I don't know if they're like being hyperbolic or they actually mean it, but there's a couple developers that are like, ODST, ODST is the best Halo we made, best Halo we made by far in that documentary. And they're just talking about how amazing ODST, I think I think the reason they, they feel that way is because, you know, a lot of those developers at Bungie were feeling fatigued by Halo. And they're just like, you know, this is something new and it's not the chief and it's not the right. typical things. Um, yeah, I remember but them was, covering how it was like by that point in time, they still had two games in their catalog left to fill out in their exactly. contract. Exactly. And then that's the next thing I was thinking is like it's kind of crazy, and I'm not upset about it because I, I love Master Chief and I love Halo Four, and I like a lot of aspects of Five. I'm really glad we got to continue seeing more Chief, but it is kind of surprising that Bungie kind of set three four three up perfectly for saying, "Hey, Halo can go in so many different directions. You don't have to follow Chief. It can be successful. It can be good. People can enjoy it, and it doesn't have to follow that main narrative with those familiar characters." And then three four three just decided to go forward with the main narrative and, and main characters, you know, Master Chief and Cortana, which once again, I think, you know, I think most of us out there, if we're honest, kind of wanted that. But, you know, whenever I hear people say, I mean, even, 
even Frank O'Connor said it back uh, years ago after Halo 5's poor reception. And I, I think he said it, in my opinion, for good PR speak. I don't think he actually means it because I think Frankie's like way too smart to mean it. But Frankie was like, you know, oh, we understood the criticism of the Halo 5. You know, people want Chief. They need a Chief story. And it's like, whoa, 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 back it up there, Frank. Like, I I know, like, that's one of the things that people wanted was more Chief, but there was a whole hell of a lot of problems with Halo 5's campaign and story, and it, it wasn't just the fact that you weren't playing as Chief. And I think, you know, everyone at 343 knows that, but that's a really good way of not lying, being honest, even if it's a little sly in a, in a, in a, you know, for PR and saying, like, people want more Chief. Because he's not wrong in saying that, but... If you gave us something like Reach, most people were happy with Reach's campaign, and there was no chief. It was just that Halo 5's wasn't executed you know, properly. Well, that's the thing that's, I think, most interesting about it, looking back, uh, is that that game could have not been good at all. It could have been received so poorly because it's the first game you don't play as chief. Yeah. And I think everyone took to that actually really well. And, uh, you know, and, and another thing, on top of that we haven't even talked about yet, is... I did not know myself. I was so out of the lore loop that I didn't even realize it took place right after the Mombasa missions in Halo yeah. 2 because it was advertised as Halo 3. So ignorant it looks me like is Halo like, 3. Ignorant me is like, this is happening while Chief's doing all his other stuff in Halo 3 and these guys are on the streets of Mombasa yeah. <laughs> doing their stuff. I was. Did you know? I mean, I would figure you would have known. I, I did know, but and that's the thing is... And, Obviously, like, it doesn't matter where your stance is. There's no reason to die on this hill. But I hear a lot of people say, like, I really feel like the game should have been called Halo 2 ODST. And I, I don't agree at all because, you know, it was initially set out to be an expansion to Halo 3. And that's one of its biggest criticisms we should also talk about. Um, but it uses Halo 3's engine, you know, and it sets, it's kind of sets up, it's kind of almost a, a little prequel almost for Halo 3 because in Halo 3 ODST, you have two different moments. One, you have. If you watch the legendary cutscene for for Halo for Halo Three ODST, you see Truth discovering the the portal, like the, you know, because they're digging, they're excavating. So right. you have him discovering it, which you know, when you get to Halo Three, you don't you don't get to see him discover it. You just you're, you arrive as he's using the portal. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of sets up for builds up for Halo Three. Also, you have Sergeant Johnson who shows up at the end. He's like, you know. Let's uh, let he talks to the engineer and he's like, well, what are they excavating? What are these What are these guys doing? So the whole game kind of sets up for three. It uses three's assets. You know, it's just an expansion to three. It comes with three's maps. I don't. I get that it takes place closer to Halo 2's story, but to me, it's it's tried and true. Halo Three ODST. You know, it's it's a Halo Three game. I get it. I mean, I get either which side of that. I, but I think it. But still, if you stand by Halo Two ODST, I mean. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I just it's just my opinion, you know. Right. If you were to sit here and ask me if I had a preference, I would say Halo 2 ODST. But you do have that preference. I think yeah. I think it makes more sense to call it Halo 3 ODST because it's using the Halo 3 engine, and like you said, it, it ties in more to the setting itself is from Halo 2, but it's really leading in more to the events of Halo 3. I mean, Halo it ties 3. in. Plus, it, it, yeah, it's so similar that when they brought ODST into MCC, you can they made it so you could use ODST weapons. Yep. in Halo 3 because it's the same engine. Yeah, it's it, it, there's not too much different in, in terms of the gameplay loop, you know, aside from, like, the health, and you can't go flipping cars and stuff like that like yeah. crazy anymore and stuff. But, I mean, there's little subtle changes, but nothing, like, super big innovated. It's Because it is more an expansion than it is a real full-fledged game. But, you know, the other thing is, is you know, I think when, with that kind of game, when it came out, it's like, 
it made it, because it felt like an expansion to me um which that sounds that has like negative connotations i don't look at it that way but because it felt like that i felt like it should have we been should talk about to that when, when yeah we well done. i was just going to say to wrap up this uh these thoughts is you know, I like that it's still Halo 3 ODST because for me that was more exciting in a way. Like from a marketing standpoint, it's like Halo 3 was just so successful. You know, you didn't think, you didn't even think Halo 2 could be any bigger and successful than Halo 1 was. Well, it outdid it, outperformed it. Then you're thinking, you know, I mean, for us as fans at the time in 2006, even 2007, we're like, we're thinking it's going to do it, but it somehow does it. And Halo yeah. 3 exceeds it for most people. And. Yep. Then ODST, it's like, well, then why not, why not borrow from the tagline of the, the newest one, the most popular yeah. one, the most relevant one, and say, hey, here's this. Because also, it came with that bonus disc that had uh, you know the maps and oh, everything man. that you could now... So it was basically like free DLC if you spend the 60 bucks, which did help balance the price point, I well, think. Well, it was super over smart to, to not try... They, they didn't want to try to outdo themselves. Because, you know, with, with Halo 3, they're like, okay, we're, we're setting this very high bar, so how are we going to close out our time with Halo? They, they, they've mentioned before in the past they considered doing Halo 4 themselves, but for several reasons they didn't yeah, want to do Yeah, I'm pretty sure they we talked wanted. about that in the Halo 4 retrospective with Alex Arousa. Very good. Be sure and go check that out in the archives, guys. Arch- Love I mean, you. Ar- Josh loves talking about them archives. I do, too, though. It's cool. The uh, only archives, Brian? Yeah. Uh, but they talked about doing Halo 4, but they're like, we don't want to start up a new story that we're not going to finish. And, you know, I think they just wanted to end on the high note with Chief of Halo 3. And then they went to the side to WST and Reach. And the expectations are lower when you when you do that. Um, but, yeah, to go into, you know, ODST's biggest criticism, it was always the fact that it was initially pitched as a Halo 3 recon. And it was an expansion to Halo 3. It was supposed to be $40, you know, $20 cheaper because it wasn't a full game. And the one that ended up happening happening. Is that uh, you know you they happy? couldn't use the happening? Yeah, what ended up happening? <laughs> it's um, so happy they ended right up now. not being able to use the recon uh, title because of some <clears throat> copyright or something Pardon like me. that, and mm-hmm. they changed it to Halo Three ODST. And then as the game expanded, they said, okay, it's actually not really an expansion; it's like a full game now, so it's going to be full price. It's going to be sixty dollars. And there's a couple different ways to look at that. On one hand, the campaign is not as big. Bombastic as long as Halo Three or Halo Two. Every time 2 you say that, Halo, Jar Jar Binks. Right. Uh, it's it's so it's like the campaign's not as big. It doesn't have an online multiplayer suite. It doesn't have its own like forge and all that stuff. So like it is a smaller package. So you know you're like okay, is it really worth sixty dollars? And then but then you have you know the counterbalance of okay, it comes with the second disc that has all of Halo 3's multiplayer on it. You know, but then some people already had most of that, if not all of that. So you're kind of weighing the options back and forth there. And my thing is, you know, this is my opinion, and I don't think my opinion is is, is objectively right at all. I just kind of think it, it makes sense for me is, you know, back in the day, if you're a Halo fan, and, and for me, like a lot of people, if you think ODST was an amazing experience, it was a great game, how upset are we that we had to spend 60 bucks? Is it not worth 60 bucks? I mean, I feel like it really was. I mean, even if I didn't get the, the Halo 3 multiplayer stuff, included you know that was such a premium experience the campaign the firefight mode was so much fun i feel like it was worth 60 and then to counter that let's say you don't feel it was worth 60 you know that game was probably on a sale in like a year or less and then over time i mean in a couple years it was down to like 1999 platinum hits so you know i almost feel like it's almost null and void to have a discussion about how fair uh, ODST's price point was this far along. Funny that because, it's 2021 and that's still being talked yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> because it's 2021. I mean, the price How? point's kind of irrelevant yeah. now. Um, the last time the price point was relevant, it was $20 as a platinum hit game. So I, I just feel like it was such a small window 
and so such a small amount of people, I think, that were disappointed in what they got for that amount of money. It just, I think it was fair. I think it was worth it. Their, their mistake was, and I'm sure they knew it from the, from the beginning, was that they, they said it was an expansion. It was going to be $40. Like they Once they said it and you set that precedent, really saying it was the problem. I think this discussion would have still happened if they'd never said it and it came out at 60 but not nearly as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I look at this two different avenues. One being uh, they promised that, and Bungie had a way of sometimes over-promising and sometimes under-delivering, uh, you know, with stuff. Like, as much as I love Bungie, you know, that's a fair criticism, I think. You know, especially when it comes to how hyped up the Smoke and Mirrors E3 demo for Halo 2 yeah. was. and Yeah. They're so, so on and so forth. But um, the other thing is, is it, it's weird. Me now, Brian, I'm like $60 makes a whole lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. I remember paying $20 for the map pack from Halo 2. I remember getting that when it came out. And that was a big deal. You know, I didn't have Xbox Live, so I'm rushing over to the friend's house and everything. We're having a little LAN party and trying out turf. And I'm just like, this is amazing. I've never yeah. played a game that had DLC before. This is so yeah. cool. It's 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 a landmark, you know, shift in gaming. You know, I'm just am- amazed and floored. So that was cool because 360 era was still very much in that kind of like, you know, you're not always online, right? So you could have yeah. this stuff for offline use and whatnot. That was cool. I mean, that in and of itself to me was like 20 bucks just to get all those maps. A lot of people, like you said, did have them, but I think it was cool to offer that. But the campaign itself, I'm like, yeah, that is probably a $20 experience, but at the same time, I get it's Microsoft. I can get, campaign-wise, in Firefight, I'm getting the $40, but it's like then you have the 20 with the maps and everything. So yeah. it balances out to me now, but back then I would have probably said it should have been 40 because 20 for the campaign, 20 for the multiplayer. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I've talked about it on Twitter before, but like, it's all about perceived value. Like, perceived value. I hope you value uh, these nuts, Brian. Oh no, Every day. I don't. I never value them. I'm always just af- afraid that they're going to pop up at the worst possible time. Like they, I'm offended. Did. You asshole. Um, anyways, I am um, <laughs> what's that? Nothing. Continue. Okay, but anyways, perceived <laughs> perceived value. Um, you know, for like for instance, The Witcher Three, sixty bucks. You got the soundtrack. You got the map. And the game's got, what, 150 200 hours of, of gameplay. Yeah. Um, I think Witcher 3 is amazing. One of the best games I ever played. I like ODST more. You know what I mean? So it's like $60 for ODST, $60 for Witcher 3. Obviously, you're getting way more content. And and, and I would say, even in my ob- in an objective opinion, I would say Witcher 3 is a better game. I mean, but I would still, as, you know, as Brian, as someone who loves Halo, who really enjoyed that campaign, that story, those characters, the firefight... I would rather have ODST than Witcher Three, so it's like, no, it comes down to sixty bucks, you know. Even though Witcher Three is huge for me, ODST is not a game; it's a mood. You know, it's like a state of mind you get into. Like that rain starts coming down, and you're hearing all that, and it's just like, oh, I'm there. And it's just the the implied, uh, the implied moments throughout this campaign. Like I can't remember what it says. I know some. I'm driving some of you guys nuts listening to this, but there's the moment I think when you're playing as Buck. And you see like tons of dead. I want to say it was elites and brutes, and then there was like a bunch of like weapons scattered around. I, ca- yeah. I can't remember what part it's at, guys. I'm so sorry, but like, there's all those implied like battles that previously took place, and they're just littered throughout. And I, I yeah. thought Halo Stuff Three written on the wall. Yes, I thought Halo Three and uh, ODST by extension did such a great job of like giving you those really cool key moments. You know, like okay, like in Halo Three, I see our one one seven. 
you know, you go up and you see on this ridge up ahead in the distance, you see a brute that's holding uh, a marine. Yeah. And if you let it happen, he's going to kill a marine. Well, if you attempt to save him, you can, and then you'll get some extra dialogue. There's little moments like that kind of throughout, and you kind of get that sense of uh, an implied event that happened before you arrived there. Like this world was breathing um, and existing before you arrived, right? Which is yeah. really cool because I feel like I'm taking a part in a real battle that's not just depending on me it's everyone you know yeah. everything's at stake so then in ODST you get the more boots on the ground feel with the uh, hell jumpers and it's like seeing all this stuff scattered around and then also not having you know the shield and everything makes me feel so very human yeah. and I love that now, health packs come back and if you're somebody who loved you know combat evolved it just kind of feels like a throwback you know it's cool it to does have that. dude it really does um, on the walls and everything. Josh who's your favorite character from ODST God like ODST fuck. specific I, I feel it's like buff. that's such a lazy answer but I just well, I've always loved Nathan Fillion really loved uh, watching him in Castle I ha- don't kill me guys I've, I've seen Serenity but I have not seen uh, any well, what's the damn show Firefly, Firefly. oh my god I was blanking on yeah. the name for me I haven't even seen yeah. Firefly but uh yeah, I, I just I mean, to, Nathan. to make you not feel as bad, Josh, I've watched a few episodes of Firefly back in the day, and I couldn't get into it back then. But me and Eric are planning to go through it, so hopefully, I can you know get into that. But I, Buck, I'm due you know, for Buck it. I'm just like, cliche. I don't want to get invested, and then like, no, it's coming to an end, and it's yeah. like, damn it. So Buck's a cliche answer, but it's 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 also the right. It's like the right answer. I mean, not that it's a wrong answer to pick anyone else, but Buck was such a great addition to the Halo universe, and you, to this day, you know, when people list some of their favorite characters, Buck's always in there. You know, they brought him back for Halo Five, and people were happy about that. And here's why Buck works for me. Completely agree, Brian. Buck works for me because Sergeant Johnson is not... It, he proves Sergeant Johnson is not lightning in a bottle. You have just this yeah. sharp-witted, quick-tongued uh, guy who's super hilarious, you know, right? And with Johnson, I mean, specifically. And then you have Buck, who's like the next version of that in a way, in his own yep. way. And then he has... And then we also get like our first taste of real romance with him and Dare, yeah. which is yep. just so cool. I think Dare is even... Uh, she's, she's definitely, if not... The other, like, tied for first, she's second right there because it's so nice to get a female Marine outside of, like, Hall. Well, not that Halsey's a Marine, but, uh, you know, because we don't even get to really see her until Reach. But just, you know, any, any you know, in, in Keys and everything like that, Miranda, I mean. But uh, it's just so nice. She was just so new and unique and everything and had the ponytail, so she was, like, ready to go. This wasn't, like, yeah. some girl who had her hair down that looked like a Skyrim yeah. mod or something, you know. Like, she was ready to go into battle. And you get that implied sense of dynamic, you know, that uh, contrast between them two as people and everything. I feel like she was d- handled so much better as a female character than Miranda. I feel like Halo 3, Miranda just kind of got wasted. And then, like, Dare... I, Halo, you know, I like Miranda a lot in Halo 2, but in Halo 3, she just kind of gets, like, she's just there to be there. And then I feel like Dare, you know, was really handled really well. Um, for me, the character, that's tied, for, the character that's tied for first is the rookie. And, uh, you know... I hear a lot of people say, you know, well, the rookie you know, he has no character, and why would you care about him and whatnot? And, like, on one hand, I agree. He doesn't have much character, but I think the reason I love the rookie so much, and it really pains me that they killed him. I, I think it was – it seemed like a was lazy choice. Was it bad blood? Was that, was that the I book? think so. It seemed like a lazy choice to kill him. It's not get it, good reception at all. No, I, I, it seemed like <laughs> I a lazy it, choice though. to kill him. It just felt like they were like, okay, well, he's, he's a silent protagonist, so, you know, it's easy. Let's kill him. But, like, I think one of the reasons I love – the rookie is because for me it was Bungie accomplishing their goal of having a character that you felt like you were them, the empty vessel. When I play as an ODST, I feel like I'm the rookie. I feel like I'm underneath that ODST helmet. I've never felt that way with Chief, and I know some people feel that way with Chief, and I know some people like the empty vessel approach to Chief. But I talked about it not that long ago, and a couple episodes ago, like 
Chief, you know, against Bungie's wishes, he, he never really was an empty vessel that much across all Halo media, but they accomplished that with the rookie. And um, when I play as the rookie, I just, I get into that, I get into those boots, I feel like I'm him. And then they add just a couple quirks to the character that, that make me have a soft-hearted spot for him, like when he, like, picks up a trinket and he kind of spins it around, or, you know, he kind of, he's sleeping, he's kind of lazy, like Some I'm of his glances like, that he does too, just looking yeah. around, you know. It feels like so Bungie was saying, "Hey, you, you're the the player is the rookie. You're the character. Everything happening around you, you know these these big characters like Buck and Sergeant Johnson, these personalities, they're here in the game, but you're the rookie." And I loved that, and I, I just love his his design, and and I loved you know, that they call him the rookie. And I would just have liked to see more from him. In a, in a, I would like to, him to stay not a character. I'd like him to stay as that empty vessel for me. Like if we had got an ODS tier two or something. But they killed him off, which is unfortunate. Um, in a book. I think Buck, you know, Buck, yeah, in a book, you know, and, and Buck's the best addition, obviously, from that game. But I love the rookie so much. Uh, Josh, I was going to ask what your opinion was of the engineer because the engineer is actually uh, most of you probably already know, but the engineer is the you know the floating. Um, alien that's introduced in in Halo Three ODST, who's who's not really on a side. He's not on the Covenant side. He's not on uh, you know the UNSC side. But he was actually you know not the specific one, but the engineers as an alien race were originally in Halo Combat Evolved. You can look up screenshots of them in the game. Mm-hmm. They ended up getting removed because Bungie thought that it would be confusing for the player to shoot all these aliens across Halo Combat Evolved and see this one alien that was pink and looked, you know, like it could Smart be decision, related to the Covenant. For the time, yeah. Yeah, for the time, it was a great decision. They removed it because you're gonna, you're not going to know that that's a... It does, it's kind of confusing. Why would that be a, an enemy that doesn't, you know, attack or whatever? Um, but they ended up bringing them back finally for ODST, introducing them to that world, and then having that engineer play a specific part in, you know, the story of Halo... In this game, and then also they bring engineers back again in Reach, which is really cool. It kind of that ties cool. that together better. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh, what do you think of the engineers? Like their the character, their design, their inclusion. Do you like them? If we saw one in Infinite, would you love it? What do you think? Shouldn't have been floated in there. That's what I think of them because I kill them every time I see them. No. <laughs> Floating gas bag. <laughs> There's sometimes I try not to, but I always end end up ultimately shooting them because it's just like free target practice. I don't know. It's yeah. it's easier that way. My rookie rusts better. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I thought it was cool, and yeah, I mean, I remember knowing about that from Halo 1 as well, and, and it was just really cool to see some of that unused um, concepts kind of make their way into the later games that we got to see with that. So I liked the Engineer stuff. I thought it was really cool because um, it also introduced a new gameplay element, right? Because you're, you're playing ODST, and you have new things like the Silent SMG and whatnot, and you got the scoped pistol, which is a whole new type of pistol, you know? And then you're playing within the Halo 3 sandbox, but then you also add so so the enemy wise it's mostly the same. But then you add in the engineers and they kind of add in that little extra layer layer. And then I think there was an achievement for not killing a single one. Yep. At least on the 360. I'm sure I never bothered to, to get it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Look how we're like screw those guys. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, I, I thought it was cool because it just le- less about who they were. Although that is really cool. I think it's really unique and I love the cutscene at the end with Johnson. But I just like what it did for the gameplay loop because there was like if I go into a room, uh, or just if I see them at any point, there's that brief moment where I'm like Covenant, want to kill it, you know? It's what my like, brain registers as. But then it, so you're seeing like let's say above you see it, but then below you you see brutes and grunts and yeah. jackals and everything, and 
it just it's it's making me think differently about how I want to approach the situation and stuff like that. And even if it takes me a second to realize I'm not going to shoot them this time or I am going to shoot them this time, it still affects how I kind of carry yeah, forward exactly. into that. Just another another cool way to like mix things up a bit. Exactly, I feel it because it, it, it. I feel like ODST on a gameplay level is just so similar, and that's why it does make more sense to me to call it Halo Three as the the you know main title. But you know, it still it still changed just a little bit enough. It threw in some seasoning in yeah. there basically oh, to yeah. really make it feel unique into itself. Absolutely, like it. uh, Josh. What would you say was your favorite like mission or or, or story point of the mm, campaign of Odia? Definitely Bucks. Definitely Bucks because Bucks. getting to see him. Cool. Because in the the very opening cutscene before they all drop, you get him and Dare kind of like mm-hmm. being a bit combative with one another, and you get that playful banter that's just so well. This naval intelligence to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's another thing too. That opening cutscene does so much. Before I come back to your answer, Brian, opening cutscene does so much because it's like. Every one of these characters gets so well established. Like, they're very identifiable in their own right. Aside from the rookie, which is you, and you get to really set that tone. But there's a little bit of enough there, like you said, to kind of either connect with or, like, mm-hmm. feel like you can ingest, you know, into yourself, sort of. So, every character is, like, really gets gets pretty defined by that moment because you're not really going to see them as the rookie, at least, until the very end, right? So that's really cool that it establishes them, but then you also have Buck kind of coming in as this leader, but then he's also got Dare, who's like checking him and stuff like that, and you yeah. get that back and forth, and it's just like, oh shit, you know, Helljumper, it's just interesting, it's a, our first real look at ODSTs and, and yeah. getting it behind the helmet and seeing what they think of things and how they their, their perception of the war is and everything, that's really cool to me, but... Um, what was your question again, Brian? I'm so sorry. Uh, what was your favorite part of the story favorite or favorite like part? favorite yeah. mission or whatever? Right. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, so it was when, yeah, you do get to play as Buck because then you get to see more of what was teased in that intro. So getting to see them, um, not so much in that first mission, but just like he's just – you get to see his mindset and it just mm-hmm. makes it all the more rewarding when he does get to link up with Dare again. And I don't know. I kind of like – like I punches was, him and kisses him. Yeah, <laughs> which I like about that too. Like she is so much her own character – She's not there to supplement these male characters. She kicks ass in of herself. You know what I mean. Yep. And and he's got they, he just got that. Nathan Fillion has always had that playful charm. Anytime like I would watch Castle all the time. I don't know if anyone else listening to this has, but the chemistry he had with Stana in that show, I think that was her name, um, was just unreal because it's Nathan Fillion. He's got like yep. a natural charisma that reminds me of like Bruce Campbell in its own way. Some of these guys just have that. They just ooze it. They're like Captain Charisma. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he also like Evangeline Lilly's like husband or something in, in Lost? He was. Holy shit, yeah. Brian. Oh my yeah. God, dude. My a mind is cut. being blown right now. That's oh man. Cause I, you know what? That's cool. I'm just going to say I'm Nathan Fillion. I'm, I'm Buck. You know, if, if I'm fitting in, if I'm, if I'm casting myself as a character, in Halo from now on, it's going to be... You heard it here first, guys. So, Josh has to be the, Buck in the Halo universe of Evangeline <laughs> Lily. Even though it really ends well, or it ends poorly. Yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? Well, it ends very poorly uh, in Lost. But uh, that is that is probably my favorite mission, just because I, I really get to see more of Buck. Like, the first, you know, you're running around and everything is the rookie, and you're getting to implement yourself into that. But when I do play as Buck, I get to feel his own Sergeant Johnson type of uh, charm, but then I also kind of get to play as a predetermined character, and see how that character thinks and feels, rather than kind of make my own implied feelings. So it's nice, like they do, they do a good job of balancing that too in ODST. That's another thing, wouldn't you agree, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and for me, you know, it's yeah. What do you? What's your favorite? Cho- yeah, it's kind of a weird choice, but my my favorite thing like about ODST is being in the hub world as the rookie, like all all parts of it, all parts of it, because 
you know, like once again, it feels like me. It just feels like Bungie gave me, you know, Brian, the opportunity to be boots on the ground in a, you know, abandoned old New Mombasa city, you know, with mm-hmm. the, it's in the dark, with this music playing. I just get to run around, discover stuff, you know, run into little packs of Covenant, take them out, you know, discover these different trinkets, you know, and, and just, I just love the atmosphere of being there. Every time I go to play ODST, it's when I start the game and I get, you know, into the, I get in the game in that city that I start to go, man, yep. I love this experience, you know, and then every time I get done with the memory, I'm excited to go back to it. So I, I kind of love that, that aspect of it. Josh, I was going to say for kind of the last section of things we're going to talk about before we move into some clips is Thanks what are your thoughts on you. Firefight? What's that? Uh, before we get to Firefight, I just want to ask you one last okay. question. Okay. What are your thoughts? Cause we haven't really talked about them much. What are your thoughts on Dutch, Mickey and Romeo? What do you think about them? Um, well, I feel like I have a soft spot for Dutch because it's Adam Baldwin. I love Chuck. Yep. Agreed. Um, um, then Mickey. Mickey He's my least is favorite like, for some reason. What's that? Mickey's my least favorite for some reason. Yeah, Mickey's such a non-character. I feel like he. I, I forgot he even hardly existed because he does so little, I feel like, almost. Yeah. He just, I don't know, he just has no character to me, hardly. And then, agree. and then he ends up Although being I the one somebody that out there. Somebody out there is like, no, he's voiced by Alan, up, you know. So yeah, his Sorry. his real his real character moment, not in the game, but he ends up betraying his whole team in the book. Mickey's a betrayer. Yeah, how do you think? Okay, you're, you 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 you've followed the the stuff more longer than I have. How do you feel about Mickey in in hindsight now? And then, do you know how other people generally feel about Mickey now in hindsight after that? Well, I mean, I think everyone, I, I feel like everyone kind of feels the way I do when I play ODST. When I see Mickey, I just want to shoot him in the face. You know, I'm like, there you go. You know, guys. like you're a traitor. So it kind of recontextualizes ODST in, in kind of a bad way, to be honest. You know, yes. I, I don't really like that mm-hmm. because I thought he was a good guy. You know, now I just look at him like a villain. Um, and then Romeo, uh, I like the camaraderie between him and Buck, you know, like yeah, me too. I was gonna say I actually really like Romeo. He's probably my uh, own favorite, yeah. Yeah, and I like, I like that he, you know, still. always has a sniper and he's kind of the sniper of the group. So yeah, no, it's a good it's a good group of characters and really Mickey's not bad, he's just kind of the blandest one. I think that might be why they chose him to be the traitor, because it gives him a little more character. For sure. Um but no, no Josh, I've always said from the beginning, I'm like, you know, me and my brother adored Firefight, we love Firefight, but it's only the ODST Firefight. We don't like reaches and we don't like the the war zone type mode stuff in five, like we just care about reach is, uh, or not, sorry, we just care about ODST's firefight because mm-hmm. it's this very like you're you're very human, you have all these skulls, limited ammo, it's very tough. Every time we play it, I don't feel like we make it that far, except for when I did the endure achievement, which is the hardest achievement I've probably ever done, which I did eventually beat. Um, where you have to it's play the last time we were able, guys, to get on and actually play Halo together. Brian and I hopped on and played Firefight. Then John joined us, so and then we later fun. went into Halo Five with uh, yeah. with our buddy Anthony. Yeah. So, Josh, how do you feel about Firefight mode in general? Like, do you agree with me? ODSTs is the best. Do you like other ones better? I do agree with you. It's the best. Uh, me back then, though, did not give a damn for it, guys. And the reason why was because I was like, I'm either playing multiplayer where I can talk with people, or you know, and go against like PvP stuff, or um, campaign. I wasn't like a very PVE person. Like, like I didn't really enjoy Gears Horde that much. That's the best comparison I can give. Um, really, at I didn't the time, know that. I love Gears Horde. I didn't. I didn't launch. Like, it was a new thing. I tried it out and very quickly. Was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to playing regular multiplayer because I I like the competitive challenge of real people. But nowadays, I'm like, why did I ever think that way? I feel like I would like if someone if Brian if we if it was me, you, Justin, and Creighton, 
and we all had the time. It's like 2014, and you're like, let's get on ODST. Let's all get together, and let's do Firefight. I'd be like, dude, I am there. I'd rather do that right now than play any co-op. Let's strategize. Let's ration our so weapons, fun. health packs, and everything. Let's do it. That like, sounds exciting. Get the door, Brian. There's someone at the bottom of the stairs. Josh, can you can you snipe that guy? You know, it's yeah. Fun. Well, okay. This is something I want. I want to get your opinion on. When I when, the reason why I like it now, I think, is because like it's a nice in between of like, and I mean ODST's firefight specifically, but it's a nice in between of like the multiplayer where you're playing against other people, and there's sometimes that stress, or at least you're yeah. on edge, your adrenaline's going. And then the campaign where it's like really narrative focused, where ODST is kind of in the middle. You know, it's just yeah. this thing that doesn't really happen. It doesn't really take place, but it's just a fun thing to do for players. Yeah, and that's it's, why it's, I kind of like it. It's weird that like ODST, you know, it. it I feel like it, it came out with the standard it had set. Halo had set what didn't apply to ODST. Like people expected less of it because of the whole expansion thing. It had Halo Three, and the, it was a subtitle of Halo Three. But it's weird. It took years, but I like ODST more than Reach. And for when Reach came out, I was like, oh, this is so much better than ODST. I, I love, love Reach. ODST more than Reach, you as know? much and as I, I love Reach. Yeah, and I, I love Reach a lot. You know, Reach is amazing, but like nowadays, I'm just like, ODST, you know, it's 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 a it's a step or two above ODST Reach. ODST is the place to be, hanging under the new Mombasa trees. Ooh. That wasn't Ooh, bad. That's good. You do should, better, though. But. Yeah, you could, you could, you could go, you could make that into a full track, I think. Already done. No. <laughs> um, but Brian, I got but, two questions for you though. Yeah, go ahead, man. One, not not, not so much a question. We you said it on the show before, but for people listening to this now, because since it's more relevant than ever, tell a story of how you got Sergeant Johnson the pre-order bonus. Oh well, you know, as I told you guys earlier in this very podcast, like I didn't get Halo Three ODST right when it came out, so I did not pre-order it, and I did not get the code that came with pre-ordering it to let you play as Sergeant Johnson in Firefight. So. I, I was one of those things where I was always salty I didn't have it. And then years later, so the, you know, ODST came out in 2009. Then it was it was that year where we were in the legendary basement in 2014 where I was like, yeah. okay, I got to have this now. So I went on eBay, and to my surprise, there was codes from 2009 still available for 5 to $10. So I bought a code stuff, yeah. off of eBay and, and got the Sergeant Johnson, you know, playable character for Firefight. But then... You know, nowadays, you know, we play the MCC version, so that's kind of null and void. Yeah, actually, but, I should I should know this, but he he yeah, he's in. I've seen him. He's in. He's in the MCC. One. Yeah, but it's yeah. I, I get why you did it then. We didn't know that that was going to be an MCC. No, we had no idea. I mean, we thought MCC would come out fully working and done, and then never be patched or updated. And man, were we wrong? You know, so. <laughs> it's, it's I don't mean so that as just a wrong, diss, right? Yeah, right. I don't mean that just as a diss because no. I mean, yeah, there's the aspect of it being broken, but there's also the aspect of I didn't know it'd be this live service where they added ODST, they added Reach, you Bless know, all this guys, dude, extra stuff. So absolutely. Uh, cool. The other thing, I got one more question, but I did want to say because I, I meant to say it earlier in the show, guys. Um, so yeah, it's 2014. I have not. I've only played maybe two or three hours of ODST, right, guys? And Brian's talking to me. He's like, "Well, you know, why don't we play it now? Well, it's not going to be in a. We at the time we know it's not going to be an MCC, and I'm wanting. I'm. This is where Brian's already had that Halo talk that you guys have heard time and again on the show, and he's pulled me in. Brian has pulled me into his Halo enthusiasm, and I'm there again. And suddenly, you know, guys, like uh, just to give you a bit more context, after this conversation, this legendary conversation happened, um, I'm immediately watching Halo Legends. I'm seeing. You know, uh, I'm seeing just every single piece of media I can see. I'm seeing every single documentary that I haven't seen or rewatching it again. Um, I'm starting to reread Fall of Reach. Um, 
uh, watching like cutscenes for Halo Wars because at the time I didn't own it. Brian was like, "You don't, you know, you can get most of the story from that." Yeah. Um, watching all the terminals on YouTube, so I'm in there like every waking free moment. If I'm not talking to Brian, uh, is playing, uh, or I'm sorry, is just watching or reading Halo stuff because I actually, me being so OCD, it was this is ridiculous, guys. And then going back to what I've said before about me wanting to make events of things, I from the point that I came back into gaming, Brian's talking to me about Halo and I'm mentally there again. I didn't touch a single Halo game until ODST at Brian's prior to MCC coming out because I thought I haven't played these in so long. I want my, my experience going into it to feel just as fresh as this game should feel. Yeah. So it's 2014. I go over to Brian's. He's like, you know, why don't we do this? And I'm like, yeah, that actually sounds really good. I haven't experienced that yet. I never have beat that. Yeah. And we're playing through it on co-op and, Guys, playing playing campaign games with Brian, as much as I love multiplayer uh, stuff with him, is just an absolute blast. Brian and I are like we're zoned in, depending on the game. Other times we're zoned out, but we just have like to give you guys a setting. It's like I go in his room, gray carpet. I love the carpet for some reason, Brian. It's just synonymous with you. I remember even your house and your bedroom had the gray carpet, and I was like, hey, yeah. I ever get my own place? I'm like gray carpet, one hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Now I live in my own house, a new house. I have no carpet in. Oh, gotta get that gray carpet, but. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's essential, but anyway, guys, great carpet. He's got his TV right there. He's got his uh, lab, his, his PC next to it, and then on the left side is where we usually put my TV. So we were just sitting, you know, adjacent to one another in these really comfy chairs and stuff, and, and talking. And he would have the, you know, the blinds, you know, shut and everything. It's just real dark in that room. The, the lights of the TV is illuminating, you know, and uh, our faces. And it was so much fun. I want to say we actually did that in one long marathon session, but it might have been two or three hangouts that we did it, mm-hmm. but. It was an amazing experience for me to finally play that. And I got to say, as someone who experienced that, in in a sense, his first go around in 2014 of a game that came out in 2009, it was so damn cool to get a new experience of a Bungie Halo. Yeah. You know, after Halo 4 had already come out. Like, it was just so cool for me. It was just, I had a a different way into that same, you know, room of enthusiasm, but it was just so unique and, and cool, and it just had me all the more excited for MCC. But last question I want to ask you, Brian, what do you think about Sadie's story, the the story, you know, that you get with the phone calls and everything? I'm disappointed in myself for I have never actually collected them all myself. Yeah, I don't blame you. I did that the last, you know, big playthrough I had of everything, but, I mean, did you ever, like, go on and listen to all this stuff on YouTube? I did. No, I've listened to it all. I, I think it's great. I think it's an awesome addition to the game like it's a fun kind of easter egg collectible thing and it does so much to make you make that world feel lived in more you know what yeah. i mean um, no it does I, it absolutely it kind does. Of, because you have the superintendent like trying to guide you along there yeah. too as you're traveling sadie's story kind of reminds me of hunt the truth the yes. podcast yep and the way that it was like relayed so it you was think really three, four, good three, when they were working on halo 5 early on they were like let's try to do something that's a little bit like maybe that. you know um i like stuff like that you know i i don't um you know, I, I never, you know, we never want to be on like a Halo 5 hate party, but I just feel like Halo 5 didn't have anything like, like it had those like, those logs you found, but they didn't, the really, they didn't really grab me as much. I still know? haven't collected those. I may this next time, but I don't know. And then Halo 4, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember if there was an Easter egg in there that I really loved other, like there was, there was this kind of neat thing. I know Alex, you know, Haruspa said he wasn't a huge fan of it, but like in the beginning of the first mission of Halo 4. You can go right below Chief's pod. I remember you, you saying that. Listen to a recap of the Halo trilogy. I thought that was pretty neat, personally. Um, but yeah, like so, you know, this this kind of stuff is really cool. I love Sadie's story. Um, I think that's something that everybody should experience. If you don't feel like doing it in gameplay, 
don't let someone make you feel bad for not going through and collecting them all because right. that, that would add hours onto your, your gameplay or whatever. If you don't feel like doing it, you don't have to. Go no, look I up think online. That's unless okay. you care for achievements, like Brian just said, look it up yeah. online. But but so. you know, I liked it too. I mean, I when I actually listened to all of it, I was like, cool, this actually really helps the streets of New Mombasa feel all the more lived in because it's so yeah. desolate and there's nothing but covenant there. So yeah. everything that you see is like of a world that is sort of non-existent now you know people have either been evacuated or killed and all this type of stuff so it's it, i don't know i like that and the superintendent kind of trying to be almost like a guide at times was just really you know if they do a superintendent ai for infinite i almost like, like you said super nintendo and super nintendo yeah they do a super nintendo uh, ai for yeah everyone would buy that also in halo infinite um josh hit me up with the sound of a super nintendo ai for your spartan in halo infinite Hey, the flag has been captured. Uh, I'm a sounding like a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty terrible. much what I wanted you to do. <laughs> it's a me, uh, your AI. Uh, where's the meatball? Hey, uh, go and get a Totino's a pizza and get a free discount for a new emblem. Man, if there's if there's an AI that talks about pizza, that's the one I need because for me it's like pizza is synonymous with Halo in my life. So yeah, guys, uh, man, Brian posted this random picture one time. It, all it is is literally a picture of two pizzas outside his bedroom on a on each yeah, one. So I don't know if you guys know what <laughs> pizzazzes are, but like they're these machines that it's just like a little pan that spins. You plug it in and you put a pizza on it, and it cooks any pizza in 16 minutes. So we had I had one that I purchased for myself, and my parents had one. And back in 2014, I lived with my parents. So me and Josh, you know, just I thought it'd be a fun thing. You know, we, we had two, a frozen pizza for each of us, and I hooked up both pizzazzes right next to each other, put the pizzas on, start them at the same time. So there's these two pizzas spinning outside of the, the bedroom when we're playing games. Yeah. Uh, just great memories, man. Just Dude, the little it was, things. It's is the little things that added up, but you're right, Brian. Yeah. It, was either, yeah. it was either Taco Bell for us, more for me, but it was either Taco, Bell, Taco Bell or it was uh, or it was pizza. But, yeah. It's great, it's great stuff, man. I'll never you – know, that's the thing, guys, is like – you never know what moments to treasure because, speaking for, for myself personally, you know, back in 2014, um, I had just, you know, went through job like a job situation where I got basically laid off. I wasn't fired or anything like that. I just, they were like, we don't have work for you. So I was laid off. So I had three months with no job. And then Josh was like, well, I'm still at the grocery store. You could, I could get you, help you get back here, you know? And I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I want to come back to the grocery store. And he's like... You know, but after a little bit, I was like, you know, a job is better than no job. So I went from working full time at a place I, I felt was a little bit prestigious to, you know, like I guess I'm going back to my old ways of working, you know, third shift part time at the at the grocery store. So I get back on with Josh at this grocery store, and you know, there's this internal part of me that feels like, you know, I I don't even remember what age I was at that time. If I'd have to think about it, but, you know, I'm twenty twenty one, twenty two, whatever. So young. I'm thinking to myself, I'm twenty two years old. I'm working part time again. You know, like you feel like you've uh, regressed a bit. Yeah, I'm living with my parents. I feel like I, I got I got no like love life prospects, nothing. I just feel like I'm regressing. There's that one part of me that feels that way. Then there's the other part of me that's like, okay, I only work three three days a week. You know, so I'm like I'm part time. I have all this free time. Me and Josh are hanging out more than ever. We're, we're having like all nighters. We were talking at work games. all the time. We were hanging out you know, all the time, which is all this, translated into now. Exactly. Like there's this MCC hype in the air. You know, we're, we're, we're preparing for it. We're just excited for game launches. We're pre-ordering games. It feels like a renaissance of, like, old days yes. of, of game perfect games. word for that, Brian. I and then, go in the episode title. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, then as time goes on, you know, twenty so we get to 2015, a couple months into 2015, 
I think Josh and I were, I don't know, maybe it wasn't Josh, maybe it was our boss at the time. I was mm-hmm. giving our boss Tony a ride home. Okay. And I was in the drive-thru at Taco Bell, and I told Tony, I was like, I just got a call. Uh, I got I got uh, I got hired on at the the armory. Oh yeah, and and it was and then I told Josh. You know I don't know if I told I probably told you. I'm sure I told you first, probably on the phone. But I told Tony then. I remember I remember that moment. He was like, "Holy crap, you're leaving!" You know. And then it was like so. There was this part of me that was so excited, like I'm going to go back to a full time job, and I have a potential now to to move out and get a house and be independent more. And but then it was also the part of me. You know, now I look back and I'm like. You know that 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 2014 into 2015 era probably will never happen again, and it, it's and it doesn't need to happen again because it was special for its time. And you, whenever you try to replicate things exactly the same way and you hold on too tightly, you, it's never the same. No, but you know it's just cool to look back on that time and go, you know, I knew there was a part of me that was like worried about my life's trajectory, but there was also this like the part of like, thank God I got to experience that time, and it was so exciting. Yeah, it was an amazing time. Brian and I got to, we started working with one another in 2011, and we were kind of having that, but Halo wasn't really a factor into that uh, initial friendship. But then um, we got back in touch in like late 2013, early 2014, and then it came back around uh, throughout all of 2014 into 2015, yeah. like you said. So it was this renaissance of, I've come back to Halo, Brian's really into Halo, Justin's back in it, we're all there, and we're all hanging out, um, and when we're not, you know, Brian and I are hanging out. And it was just an amazing moment in time. And then once again, Brian Brian leaves. It's the second time that's happened. And it wasn't bad or anything. I mean, we, we still kept in touch and, and still tried to do stuff. But we didn't get to see one another as much. But then we'd still hang out through the years. Brian, then Brian gets married. And we're back a third time. And I guess a third time's a charm because now it's like we talk every single day. Yeah. <laughs> not well, we, not yeah. on Voices and Messenger. If it's not on the podcast, it's on the phone. No, so I mean. It was written I, in the stars at some point. I, we, I said it like, I think it was the last episode I said, I think maybe I talked to Josh more than my wife. And then I thought, I was thinking about that later at work. And I thought to myself, that's not an exaggeration, guys. Actually, it's a fact. I do talk to Josh more than my wife. I do. Yeah. You know, if we're not if we're not on the podcast, we're on the phone, we're texting, it's constant. Yeah, um, but, but you know what? Cool. Uh that playing ODST guys is one of my in co op was one of my favorite experiences with Brian ever playing a game. Uh I just it was so fun to play a, a bungee game, get a new bungee halo experience for me in twenty fourteen. We were riding a hype train. I mean just Halo had all the momentum in the world at that point. And sitting there in that dark room, going out to eat, and Brian and I were always Brian and I have always been the kind of people that can tune ourselves to other people's frequencies. So we would just constantly like get on the same page of conversation. Whatever the other one felt like talking about, we would just regurgitate, yeah. regurgitate, talk around the same thing. And, of course, talk about Halo. But it, Halo was there to kind of help feel that and, and make it so we could just go in all these different directions, like a Mass Effect dialogue wheel. So it, It's really it crazy time. how like I'm so we're so blessed to have this kind of friendship because I can be in a complete Halo mood, and then Josh just randomly starts talking about Jurassic Park. And once my mind has had about... 20 seconds to to tick over and adjust. I'm like, you know, Josh, what's crazy is I think Jurassic Park 2 is actually a better movie than 3, but 3 almost feels more like 1 to me, so I kind of like 1 more. <laughs> Oni right now is like, yeah! And then, and, then, and then Josh is like, you know what, Brian, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure I agree, but I totally see where you're coming from. And then we go for an hour about Jurassic Park, and the truth is, Jurassic Park wasn't even on my mind, but we just, we can take any topic yeah. and go and, like hence that. Hence the Halo you know? thing. I mean, it's... I. I, I we're going to say it the rest of the time we do Sacred Icon, but seriously, guys, I was just not even thinking about Halo at all. I'm over at Justin's. Brian comes over, and he's like, what do you remember about Halo 4? And little did I know that one question would be a Pandora's box for the rest yeah. of my life, pretty much. 
Yeah, dude. If if I if we had known that was like you know, there's this, this is like the the, the seed of, the the seed that will lead to Sacred Icon one day. It's like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, and see, guys, even even talking about this, the last like ten minutes or so, we're just reminiscing, and because of ODST does that, ODST reminds us of sort of the early inceptions, I guess, of Sacred Icon. ODST is like the the warm, gooey center of a hot cookie. You know, it's Ooh. like the thing that it, make, it makes you Hell comfortable. Yeah. You know, it does. I love it. it does it? Um, Josh, are you ready to hear from our our two ODST boys? Uh, no. Because. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I have one more question. I'm one sorry, more question guys. for me. I want to hear them, though. Josh. Brian, what's your overall thoughts on ODST? What's your score? My overall thoughts on ODST is for what it was set out to was setting out to do with the development staff it had and the scale of it and the intention behind it and the development time. It's amazing. Uh, I think, and then I think if you remove all that and you just go, okay, how do you compare it to full three-year development games? Honestly, it's still amazing. It's not you know, even, I know it wasn't even buggy, was it? I don't remember it being buggy or anything. Was no, like no, polished? like that's the thing is like yeah. some some people I feel like they're well, out there will be like, well, yeah, ODST is amazing for what it was, and I just said that myself. But also, it's just amazing in general. I have played many games that were in development for three, four, five years, came out at sixty dollars, and they were full entries, mm-hmm. and they were nowhere near as good as ODST. They didn't have as such a memorable soundtrack, atmosphere characters that stick with you i mean i think i think i think we need to get past the point of saying odst is good for what it was and say that it was just good Good. in general it was good just a good damn good um so i think i think for me uh if i have to be if i'm gonna be objective i'll try to give it an eight because as much as i want to give it more because it it is shorter and it's purposely segmented the story. You know, it's not very thin segmented lines. Yeah, segmented segmented lines. Yeah, okay. it's not very like it's not just one character. It's an ensemble cast told in bits. You know, like well Josh said. said, like Josh said, when it comes together at the end, it ends. Like the game, once everyone comes together, it ends. Like so, that's not a criticism though. It's just when I if I'm gonna rank it as a full game and try to be objective, if I'm putting alongside Halo One, Two, and Threes with these these full complete narratives. And this, the structured, you know, it's it's not, it's purposely not that way, you know. It doesn't have the full multiplayer, so I'm gonna go objective at eight, and then subjective. It's kind of just, it's kind of a ten, but it's also kind of an eight, because subjectively, I'm like, well, I'd have to give it an eight because I wouldn't put it up there with my favorite Halos, which are tens. But at the same time, ODST doesn't do anything I don't like. And it does everything I love, so it's just kind of perfect for me. So it's a subjective ten for me. I, I love the game. I would rank it probably as my fourth favorite Halo, but there's moments where it can almost challenge my third favorite Halo Three. It can almost challenge Halo Three a bit, but it's usually I'd say it's a firm fourth place for me. What about you, dude? I love what you said. I think you said it perfect, dude. That game is amazing for what it is, and even just in general, it's still an incredibly good, well polished, fun to play, immersive experience nine out of ten for me um you know like i think subjectively objectively i'm like eight out of ten i'm like right around i'm pretty close to you yeah and uh i love it and just to go off what brian said guys the reason you know why i'm always a little like bummed at the end is because it's like i'm having so much fun and we get the whole gang together i'm like okay now i feel like you know it's almost like the whole game itself the core story is almost like a prologue in my mind for the rest of the campaign to kick off and there's no other part of the campaign and I'm like no because I love it so much but you know what less is more 
And I think that's a really great example of it, and it shows just how well Bungie can make a game in so short a time when they know what they want to make, when they're focused, you know, and they're not getting too ambitious and stuff like that. Uh, I love it. And, you know, things like the score, um, Bits and Pieces, guys, is my favorite track on that whole score because it, when I think of that, when, I, when that music plays in, like, the first 30 seconds of that track, that music, I don't know how to explain it, but when you hear it, that's why I love Halo. It's just that sound. You know, I just, it's so synonymous with Halo to me. I love it. And then also, it was so cool to use the elephant in the campaign. You know? I was, I almost mentioned that earlier. Okay. They gave the elephant an yeah. actual story purpose. Yeah, that was so cool to actually use that. And uh, man, that was, it, it's fun to play. And that's why I love Halo. So it was, it was a blast to play. A good experience worth revisiting. Um, I experience new stuff. I see new stuff every time. You know, there's so much to take in. There's a lot of depth to a game that yep. seems so thin, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, and another another way to recontextualize it, and you guys know that I don't want to be negative at all, but, like, I you take ODST's campaign and story and you put it next to Halo 5's campaign and story. Halo 5 was a full-fledged mainline sequel, and how many of us here... Now, I know there's... You know, not everyone's on the same page, but how many of us here like Halo 5's story and campaign more than ODST's? It's not many, you know, ODST did such a great job of, of building an atmosphere, building characters, and telling a story that we just loved and appreciated wholly. It was understandable, it was enjoyable, the characters resonated with us, and it, it, it provided a full, you know, experience that we enjoyed. And then you play, you know, something like Halo 5, that's, that's, that's Halo 5 is supposed to be more like what you'd expect from a full product. And it is a full product. And I also really enjoy that campaign. But that story and the way that the plot progresses, it's just it's just lacking so much in comparison to something like ODST. So I don't think we should sell ODST short because it was no. originally supposed to be an expansion that uses the same engine because it accomplishes so much with so little. You know? Yeah, and my last thoughts on it, guys, you know, I just, I love... I loved how Bungie was able to take characters that were experiencing serious um, world-threatening or galaxy-spanning, you know, uh, uh, situations, right? But they made these characters still have uh, a sense of color and charm to how they communicated and interacted. And it wasn't so... Dialogue wasn't so formulaic. You know, you look at something like Attack of the Clones, as much as I love that Star Wars movie, and and how people kind of communicate, and everything's super, like formulaic you, you, you can't necessarily relate to the characters as much because they don't feel you know relatable in that sense mm-hmm. you know you have like han solo and empire strikes back saying i'll see you in hell and it's like there's hell in star wars you know but yeah. you, you you feel you can relate to this character and identify with more and i feel that way with bungie the way bungie and joe wrote their characters and compared to like some of the 343 stuff as much as i love it but uh you know when i think of something like halo 5 as brian's talking i'm thinking some of that stuff, it, it sometimes, you know, I say it, and this is my own personal opinion, so I'm, I'm not stating it as, like, fact or something. Um, they Those characters sometimes take things way too seriously, and I think, and, and that makes sense for what they're going through. But I, that's why I like the Bungie Charm sometimes, and that's why I miss it, because those characters still found a way to to be relatable. And, and, to, and to be fair, from my own perspective, I feel like Halo 4 had pretty relatable characters, like... What Chief's going through, what Cortana's going through, Lasky as a character, you know. Um, I, I, I yeah, I'm not trying to say that's yeah. not in there for sure. To be clear, guys, yeah. I definitely. Love but it. I definitely think Bungie did a better job of it for sure overall. Um, but but right, I love Doc, it. I love ODST for these, uh, for these clips. You ready for these nuts? 
I can't do that. A I'm second sorry. Time. I had to do it twice. I, I try not to do it twice to Brian. There's people over the time. podcast right now who are like <laughs> driving and working and they're giggling. They're like, they're giggling. They're like, hey, you got him, John. Uh, there's so many times, guys, I think when we're recording, I'm like, I want to say it again so bad, but I'm like, no. Brian Brian only gets me the, with the hit me up with the sound with once. Yeah. I get him with the D's nuts once, and that's that's it. We focus on that's the our, That's our, that's our back and forth. You said D's, and I was like, nuts? You're like, I can't help myself, Josh. You're like, I can't, can't help I, myself. I put my hand in the cookie jar, Brian. Put my hand on these. Uh, all right, so we got two clips. One <laughs> one is like like a comedic thing, and the other one's like an opinion from Mikey Cosplay. Okay. So we're going to play the first clip. This is kind of his comedic thing. I listened to a bit of it, but then I, I didn't want to listen to it all because I wanted to react in the moment. Okay, so yeah, I haven't heard let's, this. Let's go ahead and hear let's hear this. This is uh, it's going to be pretty good here all right, as soon as I get it pulled up. Boom, here we go. We're here tonight to go behind the scenes <laughs> at Sacred Icon to look at their special hey, unit. Hey, hey, Woody you. <laughs> what are you doing back here? This area is specialized you, for you. select personnel only. Why are you back but, here? And well, why are you talking like you're all sort of, sort of home in the rich and famous hey. bullshit? <laughs> so you, you gotta understand. <laughs> What's going on? <clears throat> Sorry. You gotta understand that oh, shit. Josh Bryan gave us special access to Come back here and oh, talk about the really? cool things of Sacred Icon. This is awesome. Or a sophisticated voice. Yeah, you sound more on <laughs> What? All right. You want the back scenes? You want the behind the, the whole shebang to the Chili Troopers? All right. We'll, the we'll Chili Trooper? <laughs> we got some guy over here, this green-headed plumber dude. I don't oh. know what his name is. Oh, shit. And, uh... We're going over his first drop. So if you want, chill around. Hey, Nubi, how you doing? Yeah, Luigi time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a complete, like, fucking Luigi. Hey. Beat that shit out of you saying. What is happening? Weird. Yeah, he sounds weird. Look, he's the first volunteer. So you know what? I'm going to take it in a stride. Besides... He's about to get his first drop, so it's going to be fun. Hey! <laughs> well, all right, with that. What's going on? We're under attack? Really? No. God, no. This is not no, real Halo games. Just, it's an alarm, so... <laughs> yeah, it, it's a drop alarm. They're dingus. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, Someone's about to get his feet wet. <laughs> Alright, and. Hey, green dude. Have fun. Mamma mia! shit yourself before you can get dropped wait why are you oh, even here anyways behind the scenes what's the episode about oh the the episode's about odst so <laughs> you're shooing <sighs> why did you have something else in mind oh my god can you leave with that next time just just saying but yeah i have something in mind okay sheesh you make me go and drop my fucking Ouija out the damn pot. 
<laughs> wow, dude, that was amazing. That sounds like it took some work. That was hilarious. Holy shit, that Mama Mia thing. You got to send me that MP3, Brian. Uh, that's going to be kept forever in the Sacred Icon Hall of Fame here. Holy you know, I think because he introduced Green Plumber, we need to play Green Plumber's clip, and then we'll come back to Mikey's other clip. I think that'd be a good mix-up here. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's see here. Let's hear from let's hear from the new the new recruit uh, ODST here that was just introduced by okay. our boy Mikey Cosplay. Here we go. Here it comes. Oh, there's that sweet music. Hey, what's up, sacred boys? It's your homie, Green Plumber, a.k.a. fucking Luigi. <laughs> and I really, really fucking love this game. I think it might not be the quintessential perfect Halo game, but for me, it gets pretty close. It's my favorite. I get that. So how do you top Halo 3? Do it again. But for real, this is like, this is my second Halo game. So it was nice to finally play something that I, uh, you know, kind of understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. I think when this game came out, it kind of, for me, it helped solidify for me, yeah. how I feel about uh, games that I play. Like, it kind of made me realize that I'm, a, I'm the type of guy who really appreciates ambiance more than really anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, my top three games of all time are Luigi's Mansion... Great game. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask yep. and Halo 3 ODST. That's and such a good list. I've come to realize over the years that that's really just because they're so drenched in their ambiance and the feelings Absolutely. that the game wants you to feel. I get like Luigi's Mansion, for example. You're in this spooky haunted mansion, and it feels like you're in a spooky haunted mansion. Like, it's not scary. The ghosts are pretty lighthearted, but like everything in the mansion is so like meticulously detailed, covered in dust. It's so much fun to explore every time. Meanwhile, Majora's Mask is very much about the feeling of like sorrow and dread, and trying to help these people of this like doomed land as best as you can. But resetting time every single time means that you'll never truly be able to solve their problems. And ODST. You know, kind of like the conversation between the pilot and Chief, where he's like, you only have one bullet against an entire army. That's good. What really good. are you going to do? And Chief just kind of like, I told you, it's enough. <laughs> like, that is the essence of ODST. Like, you're not some super-powered super soldier. You're a dude looking for the rest of his squad, and you're all just trying to do the best you can to stop the Covenant from yeah. Earth. Yeah. Hell yeah, well simply. ODST is about keeping hope alive, even if the world is crumbling around you. Now, shoot, where do I go from here? Um, well, you know, the marketing was pretty fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. Man, we didn't even <laughs> uh, touch on that. didn't do that. Thanks for bringing it up, dude. Team, uh, like, reviews that, like, Buck is doing with the team, and they're all live action, and they're all, like, this 360 camera so you can pan around the room. That was pretty cool. Uh, the commercial with, like, the, the oh, what was it? It was it was the kid, and he was, like, burying his, like, brother. Mm. And that, like, really cool, like, Celtic Nordic song is, like, playing yes. in the background. Yes, one like, of my dude, favorites. Oh, man. I, I just, that made me want to be an ODST. Are you kidding me? I that, that commercial was amazing. Yeah. Also, uh, 3 for 3, if you're listening, if you, uh, 
you guys ever get like a spot at Universal and feel like making some some rides, ODST drop pods, please. Wow, that'd be amazing. Oh, and, and some Virgil plushies in the gift store, please. Thank you. Yeah, yes, and I mean, I can't awesome. not mention the meanest cigar chompinest marine there is. The Sergeant Johnson commercial, A tier, amazing. Yep. Yo, and, and speaking of lovable characters, yo, how about Alpha Nine, huh? Like, they're all pretty great. They're they're not like super deep characters, but I think they're enjoyable for what they are. Hell like, yeah! I really enjoy how like you know gruff and serious Dutch is, and how like silly and like you know how the hell did you become an ODST kind of guy? Is uh, Mickey? Yeah, right. Gotta <laughs> love how much of a fuck boy Romeo is. Like, <laughs> and then there's Buck, who's like Nathan Fillion, so like you know GG, yep. and then Dare being oni as fuck yeah you know why wouldn't you tell your team the mission uh, i don't know whatever i do love them all though and you know the material really helps flush them out quite a bit but for who they are in game is for a halo game it's pretty good but halo back then wasn't really too much about the characters i'd say halo back then was more defined by its settings and oh baby Mombasa, come back, please. <laughs> it like, is in Halo Infinite multiplayer map. Every time I play this game, and I start up on Numabasa streets, why I want to, like, grab a blanket, like, jump into my TV screen and curl up somewhere in the corner and just sleep listening to the rain. Yeah, absolutely. Ambience. Yes! That is peak ASMR. Yes! I, I know what you're saying. So much. I'll Hell reset yeah. my Hinder file here. just so that I could find all the audio logs all over again. Because honestly, I really don't mind traversing the city all over the place just to find everything. So comfy and Marty and Michael really knocked it out of the park with the soundtrack for this game. Absolutely. Oh, I listen to it like on the daily pretty much while I'm working. Nice. Yo, but it's not the only cool set piece. Uplift Reserve is pretty freaking sweet. Driving through a safari, watching the freaking space elevator fly down. Like, yep. holy crap. Shit was awesome, but it's so easy to miss. Oni Alpha site was pretty cool. Watching Mickey blow it up. It's always satisfying. NMPD starting you off with a sniper rifle, having to, like, jump over girders and stuff to cross in between buildings. Pretty freaking sweet. Yo, Data Hive letting you clap a civilian if you finish all the audio logs. That's a pretty good reward in my book. <laughs> to mention how sad the story was at the end. Making your way down the highway while protecting a dump truck while watching the city get blasted. Ooh, man. Again, really cool set piece. Really easy to miss. Which I think is why some people say that the game doesn't have any memorable levels, but you just kind of have to look around a little bit more in this one. Yo, and speaking of creating the set pieces and the story, Joe Staden freaking directing this game. We're going to talk about how like cool that was, first of all, and how cool it is that he's back in a director's role for Infinite. Yeah. Like, with everything that's happened with our favorite ODST team in the books and with our Spartan being an integral part of the universe now, like, our boy directing a story, DLC, campaign, whatever you want to call it, like... It's gonna be amazing. Hopefully, we get like an ODST two, or you know, something just as that. good, as unique, as inspired. Oh yeah, and speaking of extended lore, uh, Josh, you might want to throw some respect on Buck's name because we wouldn't have Palmer without him. But uh, yeah, I should probably wrap this up. I'm going a little long. Sorry, guys. Keep going. I want to hear it. In closing, I guess this game 
It gets love, but it doesn't get enough love because of its original status as supposed to be an expansion pack for mm-hmm. Halo 3. I'd say in spite of that, though, the campaign experience, I'd say, is the fairest out of all the Halos. Like, there's no bullshit rocket flood. You aren't going to get one hit killed by an enemy like you did in Reach. It wasn't terribly rushed to meet a deadline like Halo 2. There are no ambiguous Promethean designs that kind of just work your head around. It's nice and solid, and it's short and sweet. It's not taking you on some crazy ride through alien rings. It's just trying to show you what it's like for regular people in this universe who live alongside the Master Chief to have to fight the same battles as him. And back in the day for a six-hour story mode, a crazy fun firefight mode, and a disc with literally all the Halo 3 maps, I'd I'd say it was worth 60 bucks. Yeah. Anyways. You know the music. Time to dance. Oh, there we go. Well guys, I'm gonna cut it there. That was amazing! Hopefully I didn't ramble on too long. And I don't know about you guys, but you I got remember. a hot new Mombasa and some sweet sexy jazz. Keep it sacred voice. Oh and Mikey Cosplay. Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. Oh my, mind my is god. Blown. My mind is blown. I love this community so these, much. These two guys have completely enhanced this episode and we didn't even know it. We didn't wow. even know it was coming. Wow. Everyone, round of applause for that, those guys. That is, I knew you guys had sent in the voice clips. Oh man, but they did like not work know together on this now. And I'm literally like, I am literally picturing in universe like Mikey and they're and out Green there, Plummer going out at there, each bro. other, like, <laughs> like they're in ODST pods, like descending. Oh, they're looking shit. at each other out the window, like I'm going to get to the bottom first. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, competitive dude, nature is, going that is as they're brilliant. descending. I, Oh. I needed to say, like, um, I, we didn't touch on the marketing at all, but I mean, I think it goes without saying that Halo's marketing, all the way from the beginning to the end, both Bungie and 343 has been stellar, but the ODST marketing, mm, it was peak. Dude. I mean, it just, it made you there, it made you want to be an ODST. What do you think, Josh? Dude, I loved the marketing for that, and that was another thing when I was getting caught up on everything in 2014 that I saw a lot of this stuff I hadn't seen, and I was just like... Holy shit, dude. Like, it was so cool to see all this stuff post-Halo 3, because Halo 3, like, started doing all the live-action stuff, and then, bam, it just continued with ODST and Reach, and, like, well, now onward, but, like, wow, was that good. It was. It made you so excited to play as one of these Marines, and I just thought that was such a cool uh, headspace to get in, because playing as Chief is so cool. You're the super soldier. That's your first impression. That's what you come to expect from every Halo, but then you always see these people next to you, Yeah. you know, and you're trying to, like... Sometimes you're like Brian, and you're like, well, if I run him over, I run him over. For me, I'm like, I'm going to try to keep him alive, and if I'm playing Halo 2, I'm going to strategically try to get them with the best equipment, with the best weapons and stuff, right? But then you play ODST, and it's like you really get to see what it's like to have, you know, boots on the ground type of perspective and, and play as these guys. And uh, It's so wholly unique unto itself, and we still haven't really gotten a Halo experience like that since. And uh, it, it yeah. stands the test of time. It holds up incredibly well. still looks pretty. Still has great atmosphere and chef's kiss to the ambience because you said it so best. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, we we I don't think we give it credit enough that like think about you know when ODST came out, barring Halo Wars, Halo Wars totally counts, but you know just for the sake of topic here, you know all we had was Halo one through three. ODST just blew the world wide open, like for possibilities for other things because Reach hadn't came out yet, so it was like here's here's other on, things yeah, going on, later. other characters. So so yeah, cool. Dude, all right, uh, dude, Ouija, thank you for sending that in. That was glorious, and Mikey, dude. Hilarious, dude! You had me with the "Mamma Mia." <laughs> that, oh, dude, that might be one of the hardest I've laughed on this it's, episode. It, ever. Those were amazing clips, and we we got the last finisher one here from Mike. Oh, here, where you yeah, okay. Well, one last thing, uh, Ouija. Uh, you have to let me know in the Discord what you mean by the the Palmer thing with uh, Buck, because I didn't I didn't know about that. It's probably that. something in a book that I should know, and you don't either. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, let me know about that. I want to read up on that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. But, but thank okay, you. this is guys. Let's hear this next. This time. is the other clip from Mikey Cosplay. Okay. To take us out, this will be our last clip um, of the episode. Here we go. What's going on, guys? You know not much. Just listening to you, buddy. boys. You pal, it's Mikey Cosplay. <laughs> what up, Mikey? This Hell time, yeah. you're talking about a topic that I literally can wear. True. Now, I was actually happy to hear you guys were going to be talking about ODST. You know, I, it's a big game for me because it's kind of the one that solidified my favorite thing in Halo. That's um, awesome. And I don't mean like, well, everyone likes Master Chief because it's Chief, you know? Right. Okay? And everyone likes Johnson because it's, it's freaking Johnson, you know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but outside of like weapons and maps, you know, there wasn't too much. And I was not super big into the inner workings of Halo at the time. Um, back in 2008, I was like, oh, you know. Same. It's kind of cool. Hey, what's this mean? I kind of do a little dig in. I read a book or two, but I didn't read all of them yet. So, ODST comes out, and there was just something so cool about that game because what it did, it, it, it immersed me into the universe. You are an ODST, even if it was Buck or Mickey or Dutch or Romeo or the Rookie. It just it brought you in, and it kind of made me really fall in love with the Halo universe more and, you know, I know my friends were like, well, I'm looking it for the beta. I'm like, it's a Halo game, man. Plus, they're ODSCs. They look kind of cool. You know, I well, correction, they're, they're fucking badass. Absolutely. But, you know, and then I started playing with it, and I, I, I enjoyed the story so much. I played that campaign. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, I know I beat it solo legendary by myself. and Very nice. That was sweaty. <laughs> Data Hive on Legendary is not fun. I will admit that now. Um, I bet Firefly he killed the engineers. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I ride with you guys on it. Firefly really wasn't a unique thing. It was just a, a piggyback off of Horde mode. That's true. Which was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So this whole PVE thing really kicked off back in... 2008, 2009, it was a whole whole big deal. You know, firefight was a challenge. I mean, the vidmaster doing the endurance challenge that was that was hard, um, especially with the way technology was then, with internet capabilities yeah. not fully stable like they are now in a home residence area. I mean, I was in college when I was playing ODST, so my my stability and my internet was very Mikey very College good. to Mikey Cosplay, but you know, <laughs> you still get lag spikes here and there, and right uh, all sorts of other stuff. I, I don't find that ODST... A lot of people say ODST is kind of boring. It's not as action-packed as a Spartan... I do not agree with charging that. ...charging into battle, 
like the badass they're always depicted as. I mean, this is a basically the cream of the crop left human. Cream you know, of the crop. Augmented slightly <laughs> just to help them endure a little bit. They're yeah. basically riding in their own coffins from orbit, which you know that's a big thing. They have to have. That's a cool way to put it. I'm gonna get Josh to say one. I'm gonna line this right up. Uh, they basically gotta have balls of steel. <laughs> balls of steel for this. And I love you for it's, that. Just the whole unit. It got me so enticed into the Halo universe. That's why I started deep diving. Was on Halopedia, reading more books, finding out more things, and eventually leading to me choosing an ODST for all my helmets. Period. Because ain't no helmet like an ODST helmet. Badass. Granted, we're not going to get into the discussion about the Halo 4 one because it's just a dumpster fire. Oh. Um, <laughs> and going from there, I think that, you know, it, it really cultivated my idea of it and pushed me to become a cosplayer more so than a Halo Reach Spartan, but an ODST. And ever since uh, I finished the suit in 2016, I've been. Mikey Cosplay, the ODST. Absolutely, man. You know, well, actually, several other names before MH Cosplay. Like Mikey College. Either way, I mean, that's, that's part of my thing now. It's my cosplay. I'm an ODST trooper for, from Halo. Yeah, that's you. With your awesome. double XP Hormel Chili. I, I have to thank the game that kind of inspired me to go down this path. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be like anyone else who's a Spartan. Yeah, Spartans are flashy. They're cool. But... Everyone doesn't. I mean, well, of course, too, now you can say that everyone doesn't know DST. That's why I have Marine armor. <laughs> you were playing near, man. But no, um, overall, with Halo 3 ODST, I thought came in at a good time. Definitely a good buffer before Bungie's last hurrah. Bungie's not Mikey. It got, you know, a little bit more of. <laughs> Jeez, I, I love guess you, you say a little bit more people enticed into Halo. Not a lot, like a main title would. But it was a nice off-the-beaten-path. Granted, to me, it was Halo 2.5. <laughs> Fair enough. Just running on the Halo 3 engine. No, I but can see overall, that. That's um, a good way to put it, though. Halo 3 ODST was, is, sorry, is one of my top favorite Halo games. It's it's a constant battle between Halo 3 and Halo 3 ODST. Oh, where they you, Brian. From second to third. Mm. Uh, it just yeah. depends on my mood. Obviously, Halo 2, top seat, always. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Same here. Overall, I mean, if I'm being objective, the game really, nowadays, the game to me would probably be like a 4 or 5 out of 10, because it doesn't give a lot like all the games out there do. But if we're going to go, you know, back in time <laughs> to <laughs> 2009, the game definitely deserved its markings, I would say, eight, eight and a half out of 10 yeah. nice. for nice. it. I just, I don't know, something about that, that campaign alone can make me play for hours and keep me enticed. It's just an awesome, great game. And as always, guys, since this is an ODST episode, oh shit. I'm going to take these nuts, Josh. Oh, oh back at you. From the next drop. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, shit. He got me back, yes. and I didn't even know what was happening, yeah. bro. Yeah, this is pre-recorded. <laughs> he got you back. That is oh, perfect. Shit. Man. That is perfect. Oh. See, guys, you can you can hear just from just from these two gentlemen, these straight gents that uh, sent in clips that you know. For people who really love ODST, 
<laughs> it resonates deeply with them. You know, just that atmosphere, that music. Um, ODST is just a really special I game got, to got. a lot of people. Yeah, you did, man. That was you brilliant. Did. I love it. Um, they killed. Got they sweetened. Em. They sweetened this whole episode like a like a bag of sugar just poured all over us. Sweetened this episode uh, with their clips. I thank you so much for that, guys. So amazing, just amazing. <laughs> ten ten quality clips. Wow, man, I love this community so much. Wow, I, it's damn. yeah, it's oh, insane. Oh man, you, you, I mean, even, my you face genuinely hurts from smiling right now. It yeah, so much. Yeah, it was, those three clips were so fantastic to listen to. Josh is cheesing, cheesing oh, over there. Um, yeah, guy. I mean, Josh, what's our final? What's our final statements on ODST before we move into all the endings? Do we have an email and all? I can't remember. Dude, great call. Wow, I had forgot about this. We got this Bring email like. Over a week ago here. Let me see if I can find it um, because it has been... Well, in the meantime, while Brian's hunting that up, my final thoughts on ODST, just an amazing experience in time. It was like, I don't want to say lightning in a... I mean, I think I said that earlier, but I don't want to say lightning in a bottle in the sense that, like, um, you know, Halo hasn't been good since or anything like that. Like, it was just a unique sense of... You know, it was just... It, it was... It's 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 one of a kind in Halo, right? Because you haven't gotten an ODST experience since, really. And I feel like everyone wants to revisit that. I remember before Halo Wars 2 came out, and Halo people were like, Halo Wars was actually really good. It'd be great to get another one. You know, and I, I would always see the same thing being said about ODST. Well, we got another Halo Wars, and people really liked it. Let's get an ODST 2 now, you know? Let's, let's get that out there. Let's see what that's like. Um, even as different characters, but by all means, let me play as Buck again. <laughs> let me let me see Dare again. I miss seeing Dare in a video game so much. But yeah, I'd love to see Dare in Infinite. Me too. Awesome. Me too. I hope so. Fingers crossed. But that, that, wow, what a what a mic drop moment that would be. But overall, uh, it's just it, it was such an amazing time. I think with Bungie because you know I didn't realize it at the time, but they were on their way out. And in 2008, 2009, and all that, even 2010, I wasn't I wasn't so involved that I really grasped that. I mean, in a way I felt it because you know, I kind of mentally checked out with after Halo 3 because that felt like the be all end all. It felt like there wasn't going to be a Halo 4. Yeah. And then you start seeing ODST, you start seeing Reach come out and even Halo Wars, you know, proceeding. So, it just felt like now we were going to have these sort of like almost like novel experiences, yeah. you know, as campaigns and that was really cool to me, but um, you know, now I look back after getting Halo 4, Halo 5, getting Halo Infinite soon. I'm thinking like, man, just it just it's aged so well yeah. because of where it stands and when it came out and just the euphoria you felt. It just has a mood unlike any other, and I love it for that. What about you? Yeah, Mark? I'm really glad they're there to go back to. You know, me too. Um, Josh, while I read this uh, email, I actually forgot too. I have another. Uh, somebody sent us an email saying they left a new five star review on iTunes. Oh shit! Uh, so if you want to check, up, you you go ahead and check that, that while I start reading this. This email is from Eric Milligan. It says, "Hey guys, I'm a new patron and I really enjoy the show. I am super excited about Halo Infinite, but I wanted to ask about something in the community that's been bothering me. I am completely in love and on board with the weapon as a new companion for the Chief, and I find her design such a breath of fresh air. Unfortunately." I have seen a lot of posts and comments in the community either sexualizing her or complaining that she isn't as sexy as Cortana was. I've seen that too. I know that it's yeah. pretty much an inevitable thing for any new female character in any franchise, but I wish Halo fans could just show a little more class and not be so gross with respect to with respect to this new character. Mm -hmm. I never had any issue with this with Cortana as Cortana always had a flirty personality and design from the beginning. 
but the weapon is completely different. She is super cute, but not in a sexual way. She has a very dignified design that I love. Over-sexualizing her leaves a bad taste in my mouth, more so than other characters, because in my view, it is the antithesis of what she is about. On a related note, Halo has a great track record with female characters, with many badass Spartans such as Linda, Kelly, or Palmer, among many others. Hell yeah. I wanted to ask you what your hopes are for the weapon in Halo Infinite, and who is your favorite female character in Halo other than Cortana? Great post. Great. Uh, thank you for sending that in. I'm glad Josh reminded me. So, first thing I want to touch on, guys, this is this is my opinion. Doesn't make me right, but here's my thing. Um, on the one hand, I don't think Cortana has been sexualized through the series. I think she has been a strong character that we all love, and I don't think it's because of how she looks. Now, when you get to Halo 4, they actually mo-capped her body off of a real person, and she's she's more... Whether it was intentional or not, she looks more realistic in Halo 4 with her, like, I don't know what the proper term would be, but the way her body is designed. She has, like, the dimensions of a real human. So she's she was, whether it was intentional or not, she was kind of more sexualized in Halo 4, and that led to a lot of, you know, kind of the bad comments coming out. Um, I do think there is a good section of the Halo community that makes these sexualized comments as jokes that they don't mean to be harmful. But at the same time, I think when we make jokes eh, that we don't intend to be harmful about something serious like that, it ends up making the actual problem it's worse. It's a bit counterintuitive, yeah. Yeah. So, like, so on one hand, I want to give people a little bit of a, you know, I want, I don't want to make people feel bad. You know, if, if you've made some comments about Cortana being sexy and you're just having fun, you know, I know you're not trying to do anything bad. So it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really upset. I'm not worried about it. But at the same time, that does kind of foster the idea for it being a real problem. Um, and then I, I also do think, you know, for those people that are actually just being awful and sex and trying to make, you know, dirty sexual comments and they really just hate the weapon because she's not sexy enough, it sucks, man, because it's not a good look for uh, for the, the Halo fans. And it's it's just, it's just, you know, it should be about her personality and it should be about her character. And, and this, this the weapon character looks so much fun already. And I know for, for people on the outside of the community, like my wife, who has um, toyed around with Halo a bit, you know, but doesn't really care for Halo, it's not her thing, when she saw the weapon in the trailer, she thought, I really love that design for Cortana, you know, even though it's not technically Cortana. She's like, I like that she's no, got, I like, this, I think, this I proper think. suit, and she's kind of cutesy and adorable, mm-hmm. but she's not sexualized, you know, and, and, and it's, it's not crazy for people to think that... Uh, Cortana is a liked character in the past because of because of being sexualized. Even if that's not it, like I know I don't like her for that reason. I like her because I just love her character right. and, and how she no, was in absolutely. my head for all these games. I think Halo Three um, Cortana is still my favorite Cortana only because of what I it brought think, out of Chief. So and I wouldn't yeah, even I say Halo Two is probably mine. I could see but, that. Um, yeah, but none of it had anything you know, to do with being sexualized though. You know, it was just yeah, her as a character. It uh, and then, and then, like you also said, Halo has a great track record with with female characters. Halo has so many great female characters, and they've been handled so well over the series. You know, anywhere from Halsey, Miranda, Palmer, Kelly, Linda. I mean, there's Dare. There's so many great female characters there. So you're you're completely right about that. Now, for your last question, uh, you said I wanted to ask you what your hopes were for the weapon in Halo Infinite, and who's your favorite female character in Halo. Um, what my hopes are for for the weapon in Infinite? I only have one hope, just one hope. Do not, I hope they do not make a convoluted story moment to just low-key make the weapon Cortana. Like, if we finish the campaign and the weapon has just become Cortana, 
and she's the same Cortana from all five games prior, and she has the same memories, and she's just back with you, and it's just like, oh, we just made it, we just we just brought Cortana back, and she's the same. I would be very disappointed because that's just kind of it ruins the death in four and the the turning you know bad in five, and it just kind of it kind of balls all that up and throws it away, and then it's really just kind of cheesy to just take all that story you know, moments and building and just say, oh, well, she's back now and everything's fine and she doesn't have rampancy and she's in her head and it's the same Cortana and she has the same memories. So my hope is that they make her her own character. She can have similarities to Cortana. She can have the same voice and the same looks and, and do things similar, you know, say something that reminds you of Cortana and makes you go, oh my gosh, it's just like Cortana. That's fine. But don't just ball her up into the, the old Cortana and make her exactly the same. Um, I, I I don't want to see that. As far as my favorite female character in the series goes that's not Cortana, probably going to be a lame answer for you, but if it's not Cortana, it's Halsey. Halsey has such a storied history Love in Halsey. the franchise between the books and now being introduced in the game, you know, Halsey's journal. She's a fascinating character, so that that would be my choice. Uh, Josh, I know I said a lot there, but... No, you're good. You it was good think. to you know hear all that. It gave me some stuff to think about, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was crushing on Weapon super hard after seeing her. And even that, I could see how that's objectively like counterintuitive. But you know, I think what was so good about that time, just that reveal, was that it's so hard to land a new character with familiar franchises, especially when they're kind of filling the shoes of a of a popular character in whatever way we don't know yet, but yeah. still. Um, but I, I think it was just such a nice euphoria to see everyone so excited about that this new character and you know she wasn't cortana but she kind of looked like a younger version she had a whole different design and she wasn't um you didn't see kind of the silhouetted like body frame that you see of mm -hmm. cortana in halo 4 which i said halo 3 is my favorite cortana and that's not i love that she's more vulnerable because she's so confident and that's my favorite thing about cortana i love how she carries herself through the games feel emotionally connected but three. she starts to get yeah you start to feel a more emotional connection with her in three which was great i was wanting that and then in four four is my favorite one just because of the dynamic between the two of them but um no i i think there's a, a time and a place for stuff like that and i mean i'm not i've never been one particularly uh big for like uh Things getting like photoshopped or art getting drawn too sexualized with those things. Like again, there's a time and a place for that, sure. But uh, with with the uh, weapon specifically, uh, I mean, I just think it's so cool because I think this is going to mean so much for what this is going to bring out of Chief. I mean, it's, you just got to think it's got to be so difficult for him to see. It'd be like it'd be like if I was hanging out with someone who looked exactly like Brian after Brian has like died or something. Yeah, but. This is not Brian, but it looks like him, and you have to see kind of the same looks like eyes, him, same voice, yeah, the same eyes and him. stuff like that. But it's not yeah. Brian, and that's just so weird. But um, with you know, what do I want with um, her character out of Infinite? Um, I I would love if they build her up in the game. They they find a way to build her up so that she's unique. Um, she still feels somewhat familiar. You know, like in, in a way that Cortana did, but still feels wholly unique unto herself. She's different. She maybe some, sometimes reacts differently, thinks differently, says different things, says different commentary. Um, but you see that kind of camaraderie get built up through the game. And maybe there's an opportunity to save Cortana, like bring her back. But then ultimately in the narrative, you know, you it comes down to a choice and Chief ultimately chooses, you know, uh, weapon, you know. As a you know, and for whatever reason they want to make it be, but I would love to see that because it's almost like I've said this before, but it's almost uh, that romantic notion of 
not the one you want, but the one you need. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to represent what he needs, where he's at in his life right now. And I don't mean that necessarily romantically at, at all. I just mean on a like working level, even. You know, however you want to look yeah. at it, however you want to take it. Yeah. Just, I think I think that's what she's going to end up being. And I think this is very much a passing of the torch. And the fact that people are already excited about this character is awesome to me. And you know, I got. I mean, I I get why people you know like. People will see a new character in something and get whether it's a male or female and just get thirsty as shit. But at the same time, yeah, you have to balance that stuff because just like the Aloy debacle that came out, which was so ridiculous. Yeah, that to was me. so stupid. Yeah, it was yeah. so stupid. Um, people sometimes hop on the wrong train. So definitely understand where you're coming from. I think she's going to be a strong character that's going to bring a lot out of Chief. And I, I love that's what I love about side characters, and they're, they're so underrated sometimes. That's why we have a Best Supporting Actor award at the Oscars, guys. You know, it's because of what they do for and how they help our main characters and stuff. So, can't wait for Weapon. I think she's going to be a huge staple going forward. I mean, that's how I feel too. I mean, I feel like she kind of already is, so it's only going to get better. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, the fact that the reception has been so good. I mean, it's at least got them off to a good start with that. But that was a great message. Thank it you so was. Much for Thank you so in. much, and love hearing your um, perspective. Josh, you gave your final stance on ODST. My final stance is it's one of my favorite games of all time. You know, I it, when people say their favorite game of all time, I don't know what list, what, like, I don't know how many that includes. I'm thinking, like, top 25, but, like, it's up there. I mean, it's up there for me. I love ODST. Wasn't disappointed at all. It, it went past my expectations. It's a game I still replay, just like the other Halo games. Um, I love it. I, I think uh, anybody who is a Halo fan and chooses not to play ODST because it's a side game is severely selling themselves short. So I love the game. Our, um, Josh, are you ready to go into uh, the BS? Yeah, Brands? we did. One of you guys did mention that you had a review, and it doesn't look like it's been published just yet. Okay. So just know uh, we're going to be checking for that um, for the next episode. So it's just not next it's time. just not published up just yet. But we next will time. definitely read that. I can't wait to see what that is. And thank you in advance so much. That stuff means the world. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, the first thing I want to touch on, I didn't give as much time before, is Josh and I are really trying to move into the YouTube venture. Um, We've we've built up the podcast, we've built up the Twitter, and then something we're really uh, passionate about moving forward with now, too, is the the YouTube. So that's been up for a few weeks. We've got a lot of great traction. We've got a lot of videos up there. we got our Sacred Icon Reacts. We have... Um, other videos that There's I have edited There's a playcast, guys, if you just want to sit down and like watch basically a video podcast of us playing through Combat Evolved, yeah. it's up there. Yeah, it's there, and uh, we, we plan to at some point do a Halo 2 playcast where we play through Halo 2. Lots of good stuff up there. We post a lot, and we would really like to have that be a platform that we can continue to put content out on. So, of course, we would love you to subscribe, which you can do at youtube.com slash sacredicon. And I don't know if you guys are in our Discord listening or if you're on the Twitter but we recently uh, started our first ever giveaway, which is for the new, uh, it's a $69.99 statue. It's a Master Chief statue. with. He's got a grapple shot in his left hand. He's got an energy sword in his right hand. It's a red energy sword, actually. It's this really cool statue. It's Josh and I's first ever giveaway, and all we asked is that you uh, subscribe on YouTube, and you will be entered to win that. Uh, once we hit 1,000 subscribers, we're giving it away. As of this recording, we're like approaching 950, mm-hmm. um, so we'll be doing that. And then the nice thing is, even if you've subscribed and you don't win the statue, uh, for a bit, for a while after, I'm going to be giving out other giveaways uh, just to people who are already subscribed or people who continue to subscribe. So just 
you know, if you're subscribed on there, you can be entered for that. It won't probably always be something extravagant, as, as extravagant as a, a big statue of Master Chief, but, uh, you know, whether it's Still shirts or there, Xbox sure. money or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to continue to do giveaways. Um, but, yeah, if you could just subscribe to YouTube.com slash Sacred Icon, we would really appreciate it. It would mean so um, much. It would make us smile. Also, guys, uh, to give you a big spiel about this, uh, only because we've added so much and we've had some really good reception to it, uh, if you have any interest in supporting us monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash sacred icon. And we have added a bunch of new, well, not a bunch, but two new tiers uh, to our patron because we have so many people in the, the, the tiers that we've had for a while. We thought, well, we can add some more value maybe. Mr. Brian? So I don't we, know what's so in those. Can you those. tell me more about them? I'm um, interested. So, yeah, just to quickly go over what we had already, you know, we have the $1. You can become a patron for $1. You get shouted on the podcast. You get to access some of our content that's already there uh, at the $5 tier. You get uh, personal blogs that Josh and I write every week. You get to be in our special Discord uh, Sacred Insider channel where we talk more candidly. Um, at the $10 tier, you get an extra, an entire extra episode of the podcast every month that is exclusive just to the $10 patrons. But then we, the ones we just added, we added a new tier called Sacred Council, which is $25 a month. Um, after two months of subscribing to that, we will send you any shirt you want from the Sacred Icon store. You also get a badge next to your name in the Discord that says you are a part of the Sacred Council. You're a revered contributor. And Josh and I are going to start posting video blogs of us on camera um, weekly, alternating. That's only going to be for those people in the Sacred Council or higher. Um, we got some people that signed up for that. It's been, they've been so supportive. That's awesome. And then finally, the, the highest tier we have, uh, which is, is the Sacred Boy tier. Um, and the reason it's called the Sacred Boy tier is because... You've decided to support us in all these different ways, and what you really want is to be on the podcast with us. So if you subscribe to the Sacred Boy tier and you're in that tier for two months, you can actually be on a full episode of the podcast with us, talking with us about whatever topic you Boom. like, or if you'd like us to choose a topic, we'll invite you here all, you know, through online. You can virtually be with us. You can either be on camera or you can be off camera. We can talk about what you want or you can have us choose. If you're at that tier, you can be on the podcast. And, of course, you'll get everything that came in all the tiers below, whatever choose you, uh, tiers you choose. But that's $50 for the Sacred Boy tier. Yeah, and um, even though it's called Sacred Boy, male or female applies. So by Yeah, all it's means, Sacred Boy BOI is what we have it as yeah. right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you can join at that if you want to be on. If, if for some reason you want to support, support at the Sacred Boy tier, but you don't want to be on the podcast because that's kind of nerve-wracking, We'll fully allow you to support us at that tier, and we'd love you for it. And we, you know, don't feel like you have to be on the podcast if you join that tier. It's just most people, I would guess, probably join it for that sure, reason. Yeah. Um, and and just to also clarify, guys, we'd love to have guests on the show, and we have guests on the show. You know, we've had them on before, and we're going to have them again, and we'll try to get people on. You know, for free. Uh, you know, when we can. But the the thing about the the tier is, is it allows anyone who wants to be on the show. To be on at their in. time frame, guaranteed, and they can be on as many times as they want, provided they continue to be subscribed. So this just gives people that option. You know, it's not it's not that we're trying to gatekeep having people on. We love having people on for free. So that's just a choice. We already have two people who are going to be on the show because they became Sacred Boys. But uh, that's my whole spiel. For Can't Sacred, wait for that uh, for the for the patron. Uh, yeah, sorry for that, guys. And the truth is. You don't need to become if you don't want to if you don't want to give monetarily you don't need to become a patron. We're just glad that you're listening. We're just glad that you're following us on Twitter, subscribing on YouTube, just that you're enjoying the content at all that you're here. We're glad to have you. We love you. Um, you don't need to do that, but if you want to, that's it. Uh, you know, Patreon.com/sacredicon. Now, Brian, uh, moving on. What's that, Josh? Now, Brian, 
We get some people that occasionally send in community clips for us yeah. to react to on YouTube. Yes. Now, you guys could send in if you wanted to. As long as it's a full match, as long as it doesn't have anyone's face or voice just because it can be a little confusing, you guys can send those in to us. You can tear it up in the match. You could be terrible. Either way, we're going to support you and have a great time. But if they wanted to send that in, Brian, where would they do that at? You can send your full clip of any match uh, from any Halo game to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send voice clips uh, about any topic to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. And you can send emails to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Boom, boom, you guys boom. can send anything you want at any time. We can't guarantee we'll use it, but honestly, what we would like to do is always use it. That is our intent. Can't guarantee it, but that's our intent. So if you send a match in, we'll, we'll, we'll commentate over it, put it up on YouTube, tag you, you know, and you can have that content up there. If you want to send a voice clip, we'll do it on the podcast. Email, we'll read it off on the podcast. Uh, that's, that's an option for you. Everybody is invited to be in our Discord. We love having people in the Discord because we get to know you personally. We get to have, like, we love having you as listeners and if you want to stay just a listener, that's great. But we would also love to get to know you and like become your friend. Like we've made friends. Like you heard Mikey cosplay and Green Plumber on the voice clips. They're our friends. If you come in the Discord, we can do that. It's friends. free. It's absolutely free to be in the Discord and just come join us. If you want to find the link to the Discord, is at the top of our Twitter page. Um, if you have trouble finding it, you can message Josh uh, or you can message me. And our handles are uh, he's at Jurassic Joshy and I am at Brian's Bane. And you can always find us on Twitter at Sacred Icon Pod. Bang bang. Um, so, Josh, man, I feel like I've covered pretty much everything. Am I forgetting anything for no? For the but business? just to bring it back around, guys, if you want to leave a five star review on uh, oh there we go Apple and yeah. stuff like that, please do. You can say whatever you want to say. You can put us on the spot. Even we will read it off on the show, and you will be showered in compliments. This stuff means so much, and it also helps spread the word. Um, moving along to our patron shoutouts, you guys, the guys that we that support us every month on Patreon, we love you guys so much. I want to start with our sacred boys that we just had sign up because they are contributing in such a huge way, and it's not that we value them anymore because they contribute more, but it is such a large burden. No, you all of, deserve you know, to feel appreciated every single yeah, so one. Yes, we want to let you guys know. So our two sacred boys right now who are going to be on the show who are supporting us at that fifty dollars tier, which is insane, is Corey Hanks. Dude, we've talked about many times. We love Corey Hanks. He's he's so supportive. I and mean, I just had a joined, great conversation about Yakuza yesterday, the video game series. Yeah, awesome. So when no, he I joined think up at Sacred Icon, like uh, I don't know a year ago, he just flat out just he he went through our, our our patron and he just was like, I don't like these tiers. I'm going to give you guys 75 bucks for no reason. Yeah, that was wow. pledge of 75 dollars. So now he's supporting us this way. He's going to be on the podcast. Such an awesome dude. Love his taste in music. Um, thank you so much, Corey Hanks. And he posts amazing um, selfies. So handsome. Yes, very handsome dude. Uh, the other sacred boy we have is Fell, which Fell, you know, I, I, I've been talking to you in the Discord. I don't feel like you've been around as long. I haven't got to know you. I don't know your, your personal name as much, but dude, you've been so cool. You did that awesome thing where you're like, we see like like you were in the patron, you dropped out, and then you're like, I think I'm going to do this thing, and then you drop back in. Yeah, like, Whoa, dude, sacred imagine, boy. Imagine our uh, surprise when we saw that Fell. That was amazing. And yeah, like Brian said, you've been a great presence in the Discord, and it's great just getting to know you. And I look forward to getting to actually talk to you more, you know, and getting to hear your voice and stuff. So amazing. So amazing. Um, and then we have um, at the – so that's it for our Sacred Boys. But then we have at the Sacred Council tier, we have both Mikey Cosplay and Green Plumber in there at that oh, shit. $25. Oh, shit. Drop it in, man. 
Sacred Council, we we appreciate you guys so much. Amazing you voice clips. Supporting us. You guys helped make this episode just as fun as it was, hopefully, for you guys to listen to. Yeah. But it was fun for us to even hear. So thank and you. And even Mikey was like, I told Mikey, I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, you're in the council now. You're, we're going to you know send you a shirt in two months, and you get this, and you get that. And he's like, I don't care about the stuff I get. I just want to support you guys. And I'm like, man, I know. you are just too pure for this world, Mikey Cosplay. Really blessed with it. You get all Mikey the double XP chili. Um, Can't take but, you guys for granted. We never want to. I think that's everyone in our new tiers. If I read along through the rest of the patron and I f- discover that I left someone out, I will apologize and correct. But I'm pretty sure that's it for our two new tiers. But moving along, we have a new patron. Oh, B Dog. B Dog. B Dog. I feel like he's the dude you can always count on. Like, what's up, B Dog? You know, you want to give me a little bit of that? Uh, can I? Can I get a? Can I get a scoop of that ice cream? He's like, <laughs> yeah, man. You want chocolate? Or you want vanilla? I'm Hell like, yeah, give me a Jerry's. Sign me up, ben man. Thank you, B Dog, so much. Thank you so much. Another new patient we have, the one that sent in the the awesome uh, email about the weapon, mm. was uh, Eric Milligan. Thank you so much for uh, Eric, a dude. Patron, that Eric. was fantastic. We don't get questions like that a lot, and our opinions like that a lot. It's really great to hear those and have those uh, perspectives you know your, represented. You know what your last name makes me think of, Milligan, Eric, Eric Milligan. It makes me think of back when I used to play Madden two thousand one or whatever with my dad on you the PlayStation the game. I used to play it when I was little with my dad. Yes, I wow. did. Hard to believe I played sports sports ball vir- virtually. Um, but we used to play it, and every time my dad would run a touchdown, I would pause the game, and they had this option under timeouts to call a mulligan, and a mulligan redid the entire play. And my dad would just be like, you little son of a you know, like He'd run a touchdown, and I'd pull a mulligan. So, so Eric Milligan, thank you so much for reminding me of those good mulligan memories. Appreciate it. <laughs> it makes me think um, of all the times I used to play hot shots golf like crazy, and I would call mulligans all the time. So There you go. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Now, Josh, we're going to move into the people that are not new patrons. I'm going to go pretty quick here because we've got a lot. So first we got the the ever so sweet and thankful, uh, awesome. We're so thankful to have you. Is Natsumi, natural Natsumi, rolling that natural twenty. If you were playing Dungeons and Dragons, Nat, it would always be a natural twenty every time, just for you. So thank you there so you much. Thank you so much. Next we got Chi. I hope I am pronouncing that right. Chi, thank you so much for being a, a supporter. Yeah, Chi, thank Love you, you so much. I always have a great memory with you now when you first came in there. Right. Yeah. Next, we got Jared Hartley. Dude, thank you so much. You're such a great contributor in the Discord. Yeah, and I love your really selfies, well. man. Keep posting them. Thank you. Lurker Crab. No crab out there lurks like you, dude. No, dude. Best. Especially thank on those so Sea of Thieves cannons. Love you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Every time I see this this uh, patron named Space, I just think of that. You ever heard that Eminem song? It's like, I'm a space-bound rocket ship, and now I'm sprinting home. <laughs> I don't think I heard that. Josh that was, like, that was good. I was digging Like, it. hell no, I ain't heard that song. What is that? <laughs> Thank you so much, Space. Next, we got the the most kindest dude who just shouted out Father's Day. So awesome. Mr. Unknown. Thank you so much. Mr. Unknown. Thank Next, so we much. have Joe it. Smalley, the guy with the smallest print ever that you can somehow still completely read from a far distance. It's yeah, amazing. and you've it's recently magic. joined the Discord and everything. Thank you so much. Your support all around has meant so much to us. So great getting to know you. We got Aaron that's been around forever. Thank you so much. Aaron does amazing Love art. You. Follow him on Instagram. Hit him up in the selfies. Tell him how great his lighting is because it is amazing. I'm so envious. You're so great. We got Lieutenant Cameron 88 who sent in those awesome clips. He's badass with the pistols. Thank you oh, so much dude, for being yeah, here, bro. Redefining the Halo 3 pistols for us. Thank you, Luke. Colton Pittman. You kick ass on that NFL team. Thank you so much. <laughs> Always be our first pick in Madden. Oh. Rodan, you're a, you're a community staple. Thank you for being here. Your clip should be going up soon, I would think. Yeah, Thank I can't wait. Uh, uh, Rodan, love you, man. Butter My Waffles, thank you for being here. I don't know if I've talked to you personally, but thank you so much. Butter My I Love waffles. you. Makes me want peanut butter waffles. It doesn't make Next me want that. we got the Big Bull Palm Bear. <laughs> big Bull Palm Bear. Butter My Waffles, thank you. Big Bull Palm Bear. Helping me style in my hair. Thank you so much. Next, we got your friend, 
David Wyant. Thank you so much. David, I love you so here. much, man. I, I, I love I, the support. Yeah. Uh, he means so much to me, man. Next, we got ACDC Outlaw. Anthony. Man, I love Anthony. Yeah, Anthony so much. DC Outlaw. Dude, I get yeah. to talk to him so much. I love it. Thank you, man. Great dude. Next, we got Descendant from the Ceiling with his web coming out of his butthole. It's Caleb Webster. He hey supplies guys. all the music for Sacred Icon, the intro, the outro. He's a legend. Thank you so much. Don't we bro. get those in a patron tier? Uh, you do. You can get the entire soundtrack to Sacred Icon just for becoming a $1 patron, guys. It's Boom. kind of ridiculous just the value that's provided there. Yeah, thanks to Caleb. Uh, next, we Love got you, Chris Greco, me Gecko, Neko, me Greco, Heko. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. <laughs> Josh is always blown away when I do that. Blown Thank away. you so much Blow for your support. Away. Next, we got Tony. I hope you're doing a great job at not seeing too much content because you're waiting for that Halo Infinite. You're convinced it's going to be good. Oh, now Thank I'm you following so his band on you. Instagram. Dude, they look dope. I can't wait to hear more of the music and stuff like that. So cool, man. Thank you. And thank Next, you. I had Lucky Charms this morning, and it made me think of the CEO of Serial, Nicholas Terry. But my Lucky Charms were nowhere near as good as Kodio's, the number one brand. Boom, boom. Love you guys. <laughs> love Two love out there. You guys, thank you so much. Pixel Freaks, well, I finally got to meet you in the Discord. Thank you for showing yes, up. You thank kill you it. for joining. Where Adam Sandler just completely just drops the ball. Oh, you're killing it. Thank you so you much. Are, Next, we got not the jack of all grunts, not the queen of all grunts. We got the king grunt. The king grunt. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, you know what I would like to use as a base to hold up skyscrapers so that they're firm and can't go anywhere? It's Aries0430's mustache because it is huge. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you, Brian. Thank uh, you, Next, Aries. we got Alex Diaz. Oh, my God. Thank Alex, you so much. I love your name, man. For your support. So I, I, um, Alex Diaz. I think he's the actually. I think he's the one that said he left us the the five star review. Oh, cool. Well, we are definitely going to read that as soon as I um, see that come in for sure. Next, we got brother to the Minten- Min- <laughs> to the Minnesota menace. It's the Montana menace and George Montana Lucas. Does you, dude. I always want to have a steak when I hear your name. It's got to do with Montana. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Next, I got your potatoes. Got your forever potatoes. reminding us of that sweet, sweet Halo Two behind the scenes documentary. Thank you so much. Sonic Two. Josh, what do we call our boy Green Plumber? You fucking Ouija sending in that great clip alongside Mikey Cosplay. Oh my goodness. Thank you so Joshy, much. Joshy, how do you feel forever being small because Joshy Big Boy is big? You know what? He deserves to be on top, man. Joshy Big Boy has been a long supporter. Thank you so much, Joshy. And I love the name Joshy. I love whenever I get called it. It's of course so you cool. do. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Next, we got that beautiful husband material, Ryan Barca. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Ryan bro. Barca playing NASCAR. You can't even you can't pull him away from it. NASCAR 2003 so Thunder. Yeah. NASCAR Thunder 2003, I should say. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Right, I don't want to dis- I don't want to upset you. I know that's your quote. Your favorite game. <laughs> Next, we got Dustin Mandre. Mandre. I love that name. Next, we got Anthony Nicolosi of Ko Qual Entertainment. Thank you so much for all the advice and support, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, and go check them out on YouTube. Next, we got our lovely boy with that beautiful voice we love having around. He's so supportive. Priyanshu. We Priyanshu, love you, I love him. It's Saturday. Oh, Kilimanjaro. We only know it because of you. Man, culinary king. Next, we got Oni BB. Thank you so much Baby. for all your support, bro. We're glad you're back as long as, as well as Photon, the spiciest of all me more. It's having you two back. It just Oni, my Jurassic like friend from another, my Jurassic brother from another mother, if I can say it right. And everything. Photon, I, I'm loving this. I'm so glad you're back and, and happy to see you. You're making this, so glad to have you guys this experience the road like infinite. Next, we got some protein jugs. Protein jugs right next to my oh. Kodios every in the morning. I'm going to get that. I'm going to be Kodio, Easter egg and Halo I'm away, And then I'm going to go work out. That's what I'm going to do. That and then I'm going to get tripped up by fucking Ouija. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I realized? We mentioned, okay, I guess we already mentioned, you know, Green Plumber at the beginning because he's in, in the, the council, and then we mentioned him again. But so now i got to do it for MH Cosplay, too. Dropping in from the sin with that double XP Hormel Chili Pod. It is 
MH cosplay. You know what I love so seeing, guys? Bro. I love whenever you put pictures of cans of chili now or you make jokes about that. Seeing some it's of the crazy. inside jokes carry over from the show into the I would, community. I would fall on the floor laughing at the grocery store if there was double XP literally on a can, like 343 heard it and made it like it made it happen. to be amazing. I don't feel like there'd be much there. crossover there, though, like between people who buy the chili cans and want to play Man, Halo. Yeah, you want to you take a break from Halo? Um, Eat some chili. Next we have Genesis, who has been so supportive of us every time I've talked to him, our new endeavor Love on Glenn. YouTube. He's a genius. We love him. Thank so you so nice much for support. Too. Really good person. Next, we got Ian Big Dog Mills, who's going to slay that esports when it comes out. Praise be. Preach, Brian. Oh, my God. I was uh, there. and love you, Ian, so much. <laughs> Next, we got the ever-supportive KN Nick, who says our Quan, our, our, our Quan, Quan says our content is quality. We love you. Thank you so much. Be sure and like Next, we've got the dude who has 101 billion women lined up just to give him a hug because he's so suave. It's Trevor Polky. Thank you so wow. much. Wow. <laughs> he, he sounds like Creed now. I imagine we're like. <laughs> Next we got. I'll keep going. The Shipleys. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> got to keep going, Josh. We got so many. <laughs> Thank of you, them. Trevor. Next we got the Shipleys, who are basically Wandavision in real life. We love those two. I hope you guys are watching Loki. Me and my wife are loving Loki. Tell us. Tell us. We always think of them when I see Wandavision now. Thanks to Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we got. Hey, the oh, OG. real quick. Been so nice to see John, uh, Jordan in the selfies uh, channel, and oh, great dude. to see your lovely face, your handsome face, you beautiful Jordan man. selfies, and getting to see Kirsty as well, and then seeing the the chalk art that she does. Man, great, great couple. You see anyway. Jordan selfies, and you're like, well, now I know how he got Kirsty. You know. <laughs> He's a handsome, handsome beautiful, dude, man. Beautiful boy. Yeah. Um, next, we got the OG Halo podcaster, Dust Storm. Thank Dust you so Storm much for your long support, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And next, we got the dude who's always a little salty that he's not number one, but he is number two, and he has been supporting us for so long. It's Glass. Thank it's you Glass so much. coming right down, but they're wholesome shards. And finally, our last supporter on Patreon, our very first supporter, is... The man who saw Justice League and knew it needed more, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mr. Megablocks himself, Matthew Salvatore. Brian just dropped his headset. He got so hyped. That's how much the support means to us, guys. Every week, (laughs) whether it's the Discord, the Twitter, uh, podcast, YouTube, you name it. I mean, it means the world to us so much. You know, people say that, but that's why we do the shout-outs and stuff like that, because we want you guys to feel appreciated, because holy hot damn, is this a fun experience to do every week. Sacred Icon, so much fun. But guys, that's our ODST episode. Thank you so much for all of your support. We're glad you could be here to listen in on the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred. Peace, guys. The brutes. The bastards who put bombs on your buddies and killed millions of my people. They're digging a mighty big hole. You're going to tell me exactly what they're looking for. And then you're going to help me stop them.